Hi, I'm Liam O'Rourke, wishing you a Christmas that's more John McClane than John McCain, more wet bandits than whoever was in Home Alone 4, and more Von Eric and Flair in a cage than Extreme Elimination Chamber. Hi, I'm Kieran O'Rourke, and fuck it, I'm not gonna beat Halty's intro. Have a nice Christmas, people. I'm Luke Edwards, and ladies and gentlemen, look behind the veil of the making of this podcast reveals amazing things. Matt Holt just did his intro, and it was fucking amazing. Stick around. I'm Old Man Jones, and forget the Kennedy assassination, forget the moon landings, when you hear Matt Holt's intro this week, that's the moment where you will always remember where you were. And I'm Matt Holt, and I'd like to take issue with G. John Chase's absence this evening. Thanks for fucking up the nativity, G. I'd given up on Three Wise Men, but I thought you'd at least be here for the Virgin. This is the panel for the 2016 SCG Radio Christmas Show, and it's coming up next. The most wonderful time of the year. Hello everyone and welcome to the 2016 SCG Radio Christmas Show. I am Liam O'Rourke alongside Old Man Jones. Ho, 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 I have no machine gun. Kieran O'Rourke. Thank the horse, motherfuckers. Luke Edwards. Peace and love to all of you. And... Man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, Matt Holt. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas. War is over. <laughs> and, and we are back this week, as we said uh, on the Facebook page, and as we do every year, gentlemen, around the oaken table here, a very free-spirited discussion, a mailbag show, taking the uh, the suggestions, the topics of discussion, the feedback from the loyal listeners of uh, this very podcast. And, uh, and as always, many interesting different questions. If you haven't heard any of our previous Christmas shows before, you can, of course, go back to the archives at squaredcirclegazette.com, where we archive every show. Uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes at Squared Circle Gazette Radio to make sure you never miss a show going forward. And uh, like us on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash scgradio, where uh, many fine individuals, uh, listeners to this show, Gave their uh, topics of discussion and year-end awards that we're going to discuss around the table. Uh, so uh, we'll kick it off here with some 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 Yuletide joy and some festive cheer from Steve Bachenik, who just gently says "Merry Christmas" to all of the fellows around the oaken table. Not, not, nice and simple to kick us off, Carl. Rowdy Roddy McCanty uh, on Facebook as well says, "Been missing the show recently, guys. I suppose Old Man Jones is too busy playing a grumpy Santa Claus to do the podcast, <laughs> but he is here this week." So, uh, Carl, you, you seem to, uh, on the last episode of the show, you had uh, some objections to my uh, festive decor around the house. Well, I, I can't claim to be dressed as Santa Claus, but my beard is certainly soiled. <laughs> <laughs> and on that happy note, we're going to get to our first wrestling-based topic of, <laughs> of the evening. Uh, Matt Appen on the Facebook page says, Compliments of the season, lads. You're starting a new promotion. You can pick five pieces of talent from anywhere in the world. Who do you pick and why? It's a very, uh, very wide open one to kick us off here. Matt Applin on the Facebook page gives us this one. I've been struggling with this because my, my inclination is I'd take Cena. <laughs> if I had Cena all the time, I'd take him. No, no brainer. Of course you would. Why wouldn't you? But this, and this is where this discussion goes. Do we end up just taking five guys from WWE? <laughs> Styles, I'd take. Styles is awesome. Yeah, I think on, on, on the basis of what I've seen this year or, or not seen as maybe the case, I'd have to go with, with five WWE guys. So I'd yeah, I think we're, we're unanimous on Cena. Yeah, yeah. Um, Styles, yeah. Lesnar. Did tag teams count as one or two yes, teams? Yes, one. Uh, Revival. Really? I, I, you know, I'm on favour of that uh, one. <laughs> Good choice. Oh, I've got. I see. I've, I've only got one babyface with Cena there. Haven't yeah. I? So Nakamura is the fifth. 
Okay, there you go. So uh, some, some good picks there from Half of your time. roster is injured on any given week and one only turns up every few months. That's just like the current. I'd be tempted to take... Uh, yeah, I think Nakamura. I'd be tempted to take Joe. Joe's such a good heel lately that uh, he's just he's just solid. Rock solid. I, I would probably try and get Reigns. I do... i go Reigns. Reigns is in, has a heel. Yeah, yeah Reigns is a heel. I think I think has a... There's untapped potential there, obviously. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's moving the goalposts. We no, take them not. as they are. Yeah. You, don't, no, you, you, can't, you can never tell anyone. Shut up, Carl. Oh, what? <laughs> By that logic, I'd have taken Joe instead of Nakamura, then. Well, you, you say that now. <laughs> you I did pitch. suggest Joe. And for my time, do you want Chase? I've got some. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. That's uncalled for. <laughs> I'm surprised that even if it is 2016, I still think the Rockers have got one more run in them. <laughs> uh, I'll go Cena, Styles, Roman. No one else over. Maybe Lesnar. So basically, you want to take the uh, only people that are over, and you want to do no work to try and get any of these guys over. Well, it's like, it's one of guys are a little bit over. Like, yeah. let's, let's take what we can get. No one from TNA really appetises me, to be quite honest. Is it's it, still it, going? When it's, yeah, when, when, it's, when it's this select. When, when things are kind of, you know, you only got top five. There's no one really in Ring of Honor that, I, I, that jumps out to me either at the minute is someone that needs to be there. I wouldn't take the Young Bucks or anyone like that. So, um, New, uh, J- New, take, J- New Japan, like, mm, I'll you take, know. I'll take Ibushi as well. Ibushi's been, yeah, he was awesome. Just because he's awesome. Yeah. Fuck it. Naito or, so mm, yeah, I, I do with my, yeah, do with me some Naito. It's, uh, it's, it's hard too, though. Too much like Ricky Morton. Uh, uh, Robert Gibson Robert Gibson yeah. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> Japanese Always Robert Gibson Always put me off him <laughs> Yeah It's a shame It's a shame uh, Yeah I think, I think that's a, uh, We're kind of Same kind of names are coming mm. up General Fairly general agreement I would take Oh I'll take probably as well <laughs> So if you're five You're about ten guys Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I don't there need to say five team. now Take the other half of Kieran's Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, 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 t- I'm tagging uh, Brock with Owen So they're a tag team You said so Oh you. okay <laughs> Rowins. Rowins. Yeah, because they, they, they all have to have double team names. Um, here's a name from the past. Steve Valentino on the Facebook page says, uh, Rewatching WrestleMania's after listening to your rankings podcast, and I want to know uh, is there a better mixed tag match in history than Sable and Mary versus uh, Goldust and Luna from WrestleMania 14? Probably not, because there's never been a good mixed tag match, <laughs> including that one. Hey, the crowd was red hot for that. What are you talking about? I thought that was a, a very enjoyable affair. We, we know what those New Yorkers were red hot for. Goldus was bumping all over the place. Oh, you're underselling that match, Carl. That was one of the most entertaining matches on that show, for God's sake. I remember a um, Too Cool and Rikishi with China somewhere in there and against the Radicals once. Mania 2000. Who won? <laughs> <laughs> I believe China pinned Eddie Guerrero, didn't she? Ooh. Ouch. That's got a docket of stuff. Isn't that when her trousers split in half as yeah. well? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And Eddie, and then <laughs> next to the he's like, you were coming out of the pants at the side of me. Yeah. Hey. Eddie, Eddie's good stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I, certainly, I'm not going to give a vote to uh, Sweet Sapphire and Dusty Rhodes versus Sherry <laughs> and Macho Man from WrestleMania 6. So uh, I, th- I think you might have a point there. Also, The Rock's promo on uh, WrestleMania 14, where he refers to himself as a hung jury, is just poor pure brilliance. <laughs> and isn't it sad that The Rock, when asked on his stance if uh, a president was arguable, uh, had better answers than the current president to be. Uh, once again, I want to praise the Monday 
Night Wars coverage you guys do. It really is fantastic. Can't wait for its next instalment. You guys do a great job. Uh, I really enjoy travelling and listening to you guys. Anyway, Merry Christmas, and I await your response about the mix tag. I can't wait to watch what you provide. So thank you very much, Steve. And a name that we know very well, Luke, from our uh, early days. I wrestling. think he's going to be really disappointed if he was looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. all over it. Mix really. tags are awful. <laughs> Neil Robinson on the Facebook page says, Okay, guys, Merry Christmas to you all. A fun wee question for you. What is your favourite piece of wrestling-related merchandise you've ever owned? That's a good one. I might have to refer to my signed, framed, black and white picture of Les oh, Thatcher yeah. in his tights over there that adorns this very room. <laughs> we love you, Les. Les Thatcher, what a great man. Please give a description for the folks at home who obviously can't see this picture of how Les looks oh, it's in, this, in this picture that I have. Strapping there, you know, the, the tights come up to just the right height on the, you know, over the, over the stomach, so, you know. Right over the navel. Absolutely, yep. He's rocking a fine tash. That what, hair. What may or may not be a perm. And, you know, it's just it's just wonderful. It pretty much looks like Keith Lemon's nude selfies. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about you, Carl? Actually, mine's quite straightforward, actually. It'd have to be the, uh, the copious amount of wrestling figures I had. Back in the day? Back, back in the day. I, I was, had! Had, Carl! Yeah, I don't know. Oh. What, I, I, I think my mother might have taken him to a car boot. Oh, fucking Witch. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 was, I was the sad git who'd have Royal Rumbles with him. But I wouldn't just have Royal Rumbles. I'd actually put 30 numbers in a little bowl oh. and draw them out for each one. Yeah, I was that person. <laughs> I'm sure many of uh, the listeners uh, did things like that with, with the action figures. The action figures were huge. The Hasbros as a kid. I loved the, loved the Hasbros. They were pretty Six sound effects on the ring. With with a woo, yeah. it was really uh, woo. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, across the table, favorite merchandise you've ever owned? Piece uh, of merch. I'll go. Could be a cool shirt. Yeah, I'll, I'll go my uh, Kaufman. Women, oh yeah, women's wrestling champion of the world T-shirt. The intergender wrestling champion Andy Kaufman no, 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 T-shirt. No, 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 women's champion. Is it? It says women's wrestling champion of the world. Oh, okay. Healthy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll go with. Uh, my DX jersey that I had when I was 16 is this the uh, football jersey yeah, style yeah the football one? jersey style they stuck it on the front degenerate on the back I wore it on a uh, <coughs> I was ballsy enough to wear it out on a school uh, exchange trip to Germany and when my German teacher told me it wasn't appropriate I told him it didn't say suck in uh, German and he didn't really see the funny side of it so, <laughs> <laughs> so I had to take it off I wore it to bed anyway just before Luke jumps in I'm sure Davy Boy Smith can tell us what suck <laughs> is in German <laughs> he is bizarre um <laughs> No, I I had um, I had I, I was just thinking about this. It's like I, I actually still I, I was in clearing out uh, my parents' attic recently, and I found all of my wrestling figures. They are all still there. All every era, all the eras are all there in little separate boxes. Do you have a keem? I think I do have oh, a keem. I was wanting a keem. I don't have a keem. My my Yokozuna's got a broken thumb oh, from that no. era, which is unfortunate. Um, but it's uh, not so much them. They, I also found in one of the tubs there was a uh, a microphone which had some buttons on, oh, and it's got a little bit of wire hanging yeah. from the bottom. And you press the button, it does a little, and the battery still works. This thing's got to be you know twenty five years old, he's nearly okay. And you press one of the buttons, it goes, "I am the best there is." And that's what it can fit on everything. <laughs> it's got loads of these where it's most of a wrestler's um, uh, trademark line. It's just, we've come so far as a society, haven't we? <laughs> I think that's pretty much everybody around the table we got to. Love it. Um, Joe Ankovic on the Facebook page says, Lads, I'm still looking forward to the death of TNA show. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> Jack O'Regan on the Facebook page. <laughs> 
Jack O'Regan on the Facebook page says, Who do you think is the most overlooked wrestler in history that deserved a huge run on top? Which actually was the very first topic we ever did on this very podcast, but a couple of you around the table weren't here for that first episode, so I'd like to hear what Holty and Kieran's nominations are. Carl, I can't remember who your pick was for that one. That's marvellous, because neither can I. Yeah. <laughs> I remember you said Ron Simmons, Luke, which really I, threw me for a curveball. I've been watching a lot of Ron Simmons at the time, for some reason. I couldn't tell you. You I'm might, old and forgetful. I think you might have said Jake, Carl. That, um, that wouldn't surprise me, actually. If mm. only there were an archive where someone could check such things. <laughs> SquareCircleGazette.com, where you can find the very first episode. Thank you very much for the plug, although you now have to answer, Matt. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I said Pillman, which is probably about as predictable as, as for anyone who knows me as, as it can be. But There's a Patterson joke from me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to go Marty Ginetti. <laughs> I love Marty Ginetti. Is this your way of sliding in the story? Because this this is a story, ladies and gentlemen, that we actually had in the long-lost episode, which was the Against the Grain Part 2, which unfortunately died after we recorded it and never made the air. That was an agonising, uh, agonising moment. Last. <laughs> yeah, I missed that. Even however, though. however, <laughs> Matt, you had a story about Marty Janetti that we specifically taped a Matt Holt running for. <laughs> yeah, my running got lost in the lost episode. I know. I I'm... drove round to your house to record that running as well. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to tell it now. What, oh man! First of all, you got to justify why Janetti on top because there's a talk of mine, Janetti. <laughs> I think it's more just because he is such a guilty pleasure of mine and I always think he could have had a better on top on top probably obviously not probably obviously (laughs) definitely maybe Um, but yeah I just think he should have had more I I think the guy deserved a few more chances really (laughs) (laughs) he would have made more of given more chances yeah okay so now Matt you've got to break into the story about your personal interaction with Martin Giannetti where we live until Marty came and worked a show um, at our local theatre um, I'm trying to think what promotion it was it was running at the, the time Broadway show kind of thing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what promotion was it it, was, um, it could have been a like, all star all star someone like that but anyway Marty Losers. came in and worked this show and at the half time <coughs> um, interval they did the classic textbook UK show raffle um, my brother won a bottle of really grotty shit whiskey in this <laughs> raffle and um, Marty called us over to ask us if we wanted a picture with him I didn't think it's supposed to work that way but he called us over and during the picture he told my brother he'd hold the whiskey for him and then he took it backstage and left with it so <laughs> it was worth the £1.50s worth of raffle tickets that we got <laughs> stiffed on but we, the yeah, story doesn't actually end there on the way home we went to grab some snacks from um, the uh, 24 hour petrol station nearby went in and in there was Marty cracking on the woman who worked behind the till trying to make smooth with her so uh, yeah that was a good night Marty Ginetti story there he was uh, it was the MJ during his <laughs> yeah. he was going to show her his rocker dropper <laughs> I remember in that, that show we just it was about during that period where you used to go to shows when you were like 13 and just shout like really obnoxious yeah. things and I remember he had the guy up for a suplex he was just wrestling one of the local or the, you know the English guys and one of us shouted him put him through the barbershop window and he died <laughs> laughing and dropped the guy out of the suplex I always felt a bit guilty for the guy who took the bad fall from it <laughs> excellent yeah I'm kind of coming in the same boat there because I think everybody has that period when they first go to a show especially mm. in that, that early 2000s oh, yeah. period where you just you're so excited to be there you just say anything because you always wanted to just be in the crowd and yelling abuse at people and uh, and I remember there was a show and I think it was an FWA taping that Dewhurst Ian Dewhurst ran it yes, was yes he did I worked camera on that very show you did indeed and uh, I 
there was like a bunch of like people swearing in the front row and I was in the front row as so I was among them and the guys came over to us and they were like yo you can say whatever you like but can you just tone down the foul language and the guys behind us were like then why is your ring announcer dressed like a crack whore <laughs> <laughs> which was just awesome I can remember being at a show sorry we're digressing really badly here but we were I was at the show where I don't know if anyone remembers the I was going to say infamous but it's really not the infamous do you remember faking it the episode they did yes. where the guy was a hairdresser who became a wrestler mm-hmm. I was at the show where they taped his running and appearance I'm getting a nod from old man Jones he was there this is the show by the way but they recorded the backstage skit where the heel went up to him and asked him to do a running on behalf of his shoot match nice fantastic fucking well, awful I remember basically we were in our textbook being piss ants and booing the faces and cheering the heels so about two matches in as we've been doing this out of the back door appears Alex Shea Alex fucking Shea right in our face he goes you little fucking cocksuckers this is British wrestling's fucking chance to get back on the big time you are fucking up for everyone I'll see you outside and so I apologise guys the reason British wrestling never got back on the big time was because I was making annoying noises during faking it sorry Alex yeah, I, I hear Triple H has got like a fucking most wanted post right just for you. Don't fuck up this UK champion, this guy. Uh, Back to the original question. Uh, <laughs> I can't think of anything creative, so I'm gonna go Eddie Guerrero. He did it. He never run as a top guy. Yeah, but it wasn't a good run. <laughs> I guess yeah. Didn't so, end well. <laughs> tr- tr- truncated. So so his truncated run doesn't yeah, count. Yeah, truncated. Yeah, the injury uh, and everything. Yeah. yeah. Alright, Eddie Guerrero is there. I don't think that Marty Jannetty would have cracked under the pressure like Eddie did. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Claymore emailed in and said, One that I don't think you guys have tackled yet, but what's your personal choice for the most underrated storyline or angle? One that you personally like that doesn't get talked about as a classic very often. I, I may be moving the goalpost slightly here. I'll let everyone else around the oaken table judge. Um, I always really enjoyed um, Savage and, and Jake. At the end of ninety one, but, yeah, but it does, but it doesn't. It's not one that people recall that often. If 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 you go out of your way to mention it to someone, you'll generally get a positive response. But obviously, you know, the WF never touches it for multitude of reasons, probably. Yeah. And it's generally, I don't think, talked about in wrestling circles because it didn't draw well either. It wasn't, yeah. wasn't big at the box office, so. I may be moving the goalposts a little bit there, but that's that's the first one that came to mind. Okay, I just I just realised what mine is: the Lex Luger to Tonka, who sold out to the Million Dollar Man <laughs> angle in '94. I thought that was such a great angle on TV. They did a tease where it looks like Lex is going to, you know, oh, it looks like Lex is turning, but Lex is denying it all the way, and all these things happen that just so happen to benefit Lex Luger. And to Tonka's pointing the finger of blame, saying that he sold out, and as it turns out, to Tonka turned and sold out and joined the Million Dollar Corporation. What a prick! <laughs> what a prick! I'll go with a, a, a slightly related whose side is he on one where, and I always think. That because um, Bulldog and Brett gets remembered so fondly, I always really oh. like the Who side was Flair and Perfect um, on Summer Night Two with Warrior and Savage, Savage in the main event. I just always think that you know that's the, the lesser remembered match from that show. But as a, being into it at the time and following it, I always remember thinking that was great. So yeah, that's a good entry. I'm a big fan of the, 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 almost a little genre, the genre of. Um, the one guy is obviously turned heel, but his partner hasn't realised yet. <laughs> genre, and I love you know. Christian did a fantastic one that went forever with Edge. It was great, and also um, sexual chocolate, D-Lo, Mark Henry yes. thing. All of that stuff, though, that whole genre is just wonderful. Winking at the audience, 
bullshit that I fucking love. It's hilarious. Matt Yaxley uh, sent us an email and said, Hey fellas, Merry Christmas. I'm intrigued to know your thoughts on the UK title, uh, the WWE's upcoming tournament, and the World of Sport revival set for New Year's Eve. I seem to remember on I think your first Christmas show, you debated the idea of a UK-only promotion and didn't think it would work. Has enough changed? Uh, are they doing a UK only promotion or so is it a TV show World of Sport is going to be a TV show and then they are apparently in the stages of taping the a actual ongoing series for ITV so it is apparently going to be an ongoing television thing start the tape I think it's February is the plan from any, what I, any plans for air dates or anything yet I think for, well it's, the, the first one airing is airing on New Year's Eve okay. on ITV and then the tape ones afterwards Oh, I think starting in March, February or March. If they got um, what talent they got? They got uh, Grado. They got Davy Boy Smith Jr. They got Johnny Moss. They got a bunch of people that. Uh, <laughs> Jr. did the. Jim Ross did the commentary the along with Alex Fucking Shane. Of course, he burned his way in there. <laughs> Two things to do. He's that, just that glad to get wrestling back on the big time. <laughs> <laughs> of course, he had to fucking smear his fat face on there. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so that's the uh, that's the article, and of course the, the response, because uh, to be not too happy with uh, with the fact that there's another company that might be doing it, is this the UK title tournament and a UK is that actually what's led to it? Yeah, pretty. Much. I mean, they, they were going to do something like this anyway, but I think this this certainly accelerated the uh, the process. Are you surprised? It, it, my first thought of it, not really knowing a lot about it, is I'm surprised it's not the Davy Boy Smith Memorial UK World Title or something like that. that oh, happens. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so anyway, yeah, 16 gentlemen have been hired, mostly guys from like Progress and the, the kind of the, show, the shows that we've seen, Pete Dunne among them, who's been on shows that we've been on before, Kieran. Do uh, for free! Yeah, <laughs> Haymond him! Haymond him! <laughs> World of Sport, I don't fancy its chances. No. Um, on ITV, it won't be on ITV long, it'll be shuffled down to. Is ITV2 still a thing or before? Uh, ITV2 and ITV3. Yeah, I think they're all still going. Yeah, it'll, sh- it'll shuffle down to them. It, I, it won't resonate. It won't make a difference. Um, the the WWE thing is just. I'm, I would assume they're going to do a bunch of these things, little regionals. Mm-hmm. You know, end up with one in China and one in. Well, they won't put the window one in Japan because there weren't so many talents. But that's for their network. It'd be fine. It's not going to make a big difference. It's is it is is it going to be more over than TNA was over here? Mm-hmm. No, I'd say not. Mm-hmm. Okay. If it's a, if it's my question, if it's all UK talent. Um, this being World of Sport yeah um, that's got a, a much lower ceiling who's the guy they signed to be like the he- the Vince the heel authority guy it was, it's the guy from the world, Max Beasley or something the, the guy from the fucking Homeland right yeah it's, um, uh, is it Max Beasley he was definitely it's, someone from who'd been in Homeland it is yeah yeah I think it is I think. Yeah. anyway so but as for the um, this 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 deal, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a weird one. I've never really thought that a UK-based promotion with UK-based people is ever going to feel like it's as big as WWE anyway. So I I, I don't fa- the exposure is a big thing, but I just don't know if the public re- there's an audience that likes that. Obviously, I mean, there's a huge audience in the UK that loves wrestling. There, it's a huge deal right now with all these uh, local indies that are doing very very well. Which has led to the WWE doing this tournament, but at the same time, I I still don't know if the audience outside of the existing wrestling fans are gonna give a fuck about this. I think what I would say, and and Kieran drew, uh, drew attention to the idea of a low ceiling there, which which you've elaborated on, Liam. But it's just whilst there is a in wrestling terms that there's a you know, a sizable audience. In this country, for the WWE's product, you know, what's this world of 
sport taping going to look like if, if it's a bit like the old world of sport A I don't think the appetite's there at all no and it's basically it looks like NXT visually yeah okay alright so, and there's no rounds or anything like that okay right I, I give it more of a chance in, in, when, in contrast to that then but um whilst we know there's a, a decent sized audience in this country for wrestling I don't think there's enough to sustain a, a mm. television show on a, on a major TV channel in this country there's, you know, it's not going to garner enough of an audience share no matter how much you know, British uh, fans of wrestling may be passionate about what they watch on WWF or maybe even TNA if it's still alive uh, it's, it's not going to be on challenge after the new year <laughs> Hmm. Are we actually sure why G. John Chase isn't here tonight? Has he been snapped up and signed to an exclusive contract with Vince, and that's why he's not going to make an appearance it tonight? It all just makes sense, <laughs> except G. being signed for anything. <laughs> um, there is a solid, you know, British audience for wrestling right now, but the Indies are doing so well not because people desperately want to see wrestling, because you can get more wrestling at your fingertips now than you've ever been able to before. There is maybe a market for live wrestling. And because it's different, you know. I mean, I and so you, the Indies are doing nicely off that. But this little British tournament thing they're doing, well, that's that's already sold out in minutes. And you know, okay, so it's going to be on the network with all the other stuff. We all know that we should be watching Two Hundred Five Live, right? The Cruiserweight tournament is great. Are any of us actually watching Two Hundred Five Live? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, but that's the, that's the thing though. It's like it's we we, we watched. We, they had a nice tournament that was fun. Most of us probably did. We all watch that at least. Yeah. Okay, so we watched that, except probably Holt. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that we watched that at least, but then it trails off almost immediately. Now we've got this British one. We have to assume they're continuing because it's a belt and not a trophy, essentially. Well, if you're going to crown a champion, then it's something that's supposed to be defended. Yeah. And I don't know if they're going to let them wander around the UK defending the title. I think they probably should. They won't because it's WWE. But, um, so I, think that impl- I think they give so little of a f- I think they give so little of a fuck they probably will, actually. Uh, maybe. Well, I know that it's cheaper for them to get a belt. They're belt makers over here anyway, isn't it? The, the guy who makes the belt is in London, strangely. Yeah. I was doing some research on that. Um, that's going to come up as complete bullshit, apparently, and I've said it online, so who knows? <laughs> but um, but no, it's it's so like say live wrestling, good more taped wrestling. We don't need any more fucking taped wrestling in the world right what, now. What is when is this tournament happening? One night, it's a one night tournament. Yeah, it's January Jan- two, over two nights, January fifteenth. I think it is. Where at? Uh, Blackpool. Blackpool. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, too late if you want your tickets, Halty. They're all gone. Anyway. Nick Davis on the Facebook page says, Merry Christmas, boys. Bret Hart, legend or bitter old man? <laughs> Why not both? <laughs> I was going to say, can't he be both? <laughs> I love miserable Bret Hart. <laughs> I can't be honest. Bret Hart with a stick up his ass about anything related to Triple H always amuses me. I think that my favourite thing about grumpy old Bret Hart is his seeming bulletproofness. Like, he still just gets away with it, but then they still quite like having him around. Maybe they've had enough fallouts with him for a lifetime, but yeah, I think... Yeah, a bit of both, but I'm leaning towards Grumpy Old Man, which tarnishes the legendness a bit for me. People can't give Mick Foley the shit for the, like destroying his own legend and then not, in a way, treat the people the same. Is there anyone who's aged with less physical dignity than Bret Hart? Because, I mean, he comes out like a, sh- a spectre. <laughs> Ric Flair. <laughs> Ric Flair. Ric- Old Man Ric- Jones. Ric Flair still sort of looks like melted Ric Flair. But, oh. but, but Bret Hart comes out like somebody who's halfway through wearing a Bret Hart fancy dress costume for Halloween with the wrong wig. Completely the wrong wig. The man had a stroke. <laughs> 
Brett's whole thing was that he was the honest guy who just fucking said what he thought anyway. So to me, it doesn't really, it doesn't really alter my perception of him. Foley's one's different because like Foley's like you actually thought Foley was above the fray, and then you realise he's not, and it's kind <laughs> of the pr- below it. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, as Carl has his head in his hands. Whereas Bret Hart was just like, he's the right person he's going to tell it like it is, and he's just burying Seth Rollins for being an unsafe wrestler, and Triple H having a match at WrestleMania that was 4 out of 10, and stuff like that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Rick Skelton on the Facebook page, the great Tiger Rick from the UK fan forum, says, Happy Christmas and New Year, guys. Appreciate your work. Having recently seen Chase's great promo in the bath, what's the extent... <laughs> what is the extent of each of your guys' actual wrestling experience? And Shane Doyle on the Facebook page says, Merry Christmas, fellas. Thanks for the podcast, and thanks for giving us all uh, of us disgruntled facts of voice as for my question I don't know whether you've answered this on a previous episode but I'd love to know what your previous uh, ex- professional experiences in wrestling uh, ring names promotions favourite matches you've had or events you've booked lay down the deets cheers here's Pandora's box for you well I can get out of this pretty quickly <laughs> you're a cameraman oh, yeah, you're a cameraman winner, winner of a nemesis ra- of Alex Shane yeah. <laughs> winner of a raffle that was you? Yeah, when, <laughs> that, was you, that was you that got the whiskey. Alright, uh, who wants to go first? I wrestled uh, a few fat girls when I was at uni. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, last year I paid for Sunny some FaceTime, but. Uh, <laughs> Tommy some FaceTime, but. That's about it, yeah. Uh, no, I think, me, I think, me and Kira are the, are the non wrestlers on the table. Uh, that doesn't class as professional, by the way. <laughs> I paid for it. <laughs> uh, so, Kieran, you were a booker and a manager, heel manager. It's Templeton Cruz. K you. He's K faving you. No one cares about that. <laughs> people, people asked. There you go. There people you go. asked. Carl, Carl Jones. You were uh, Marion Ford. <laughs> a great, a great name. That was, that was uh, a great name. A, a name given to me by uh, by Kieran as Booker, ironically enough. Although I, I gave you the uh, the Johnny Cash theme though. I, I told you to oh, get cash. Yeah, he said, yeah, we said cash, and I said, I know the song, and then I found the song. Edwards, <laughs> Edwards, you came up with a very creative ring name of Edwards. <laughs> I did, it was just fucking easier, you know, it works for me. Trained by Lance Storm. That is, that is, I like, he's giving me a fucking, this is your life shit, okay. Yeah, you're, you're right, Liam. Actually, both of us at the FWA Academy in That's 2002 right. and three. yourself, you went to Lance Storm's school as well. I did do that. And you've done the rounds. I did, I've done, I've wrestled, uh, all over the UK and even Europe and in one case Mexico it's did you get the call for the tournament (laughs) Uh, you know what I did and I've wrestled two guys who were in the tournament keep it a bit low key it's alright yeah Yeah. bit of wrestling G. John Chase was a manager and a uh, and, and and the promo that's been spoken. I was about, about to say, how did this come up? The promo. Oh, okay. This is oh, this is just on the UK fan form on the I just watched thread. Somebody, I guess, went out their way to find it and said, "I just found Chase's promo." <laughs> Whereas, and, and it's the great one where like he's in the bath doing the promo, and at the end he's trying to put his earphones in, and his phone legitimately <laughs> falls in the bath, and he doesn't flinch and carries on <laughs> despite the fact this phone is fucked. <laughs> <laughs> that must mean they've also seen that mine and Kieran's excellent presenting skills. Uh, yes, you did. Uh, Carl, you're also a host on uh, the, uh, the, the the web show that we did back in the day. Oh, well, uh, just very quickly. Go on. <laughs> I, I, I will be remiss to say that I did a promo in the shower before you did one in the bath. You did. All right. Okay. You did. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be upstage. And, no, you're, no. and you're a heel manager before Chase. Yeah, yeah, well, you got to get that in. Pretty much Stormhole gimmick. <laughs> was G wearing swimming trunks in the bath? No, no, he was wearing uh, like a face mask and a hairnet or something. Oh, no, I'm not wearing well, I'm talking about now. Like, was he wearing anything when you were filming him in the bath? Yeah, yeah, he was wearing shorts and he had the bubble bath over to kayfabe, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Just not, not enough stories have kayfabing with bubble bath involved. <laughs> no, no, not at all. 
and uh, and I wrestled for several years as well. So moving along. Several? <laughs> 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 I watched you wrestle last weekend. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's true. I felt like I'm a, a, a relic from the past. Are we going to let Jamie Future get away with this? <laughs> <laughs> Tell him Future. <laughs> <laughs> as the theme of this podcast seems to be Matt Holt's a prick in the audience at wrestling shows. Yeah, before yes, I yes. knew Liam, I watched Liam wrestle at a show, uh, and Liam, as part of his Jamie Future getup, used to wear or to still. The tie-dye? Tie-dye, yeah. Tie-dye short. So he obviously looked at Mick Foley's top half and decided that as dude he wanted to go for something, but in the bottom half. And I was in the crowd giving Liam and his match some shit. (laughs) And we actually ended up becoming firm friends years later. (laughs) Yeah, very weird. Actually, you'd seen us. Again, we mentioned Steve Valentino before. Yes. LWL with us way back back when. And Holty, you were again... I was in my early 20s, yeah. As a freak occurrence in the crowd during yeah. one of my first matches. There is hope for you and Alex Shane yet. <laughs> yeah, we'll at the big time, you fuckers. <laughs> Nothing can like it. <laughs> um, Daniel Cleary on the Facebook page says, Will a Russell Kingdom review be ha- uh, show be happening next year? Uh, who are your tips for the main matches? So this is obviously in reference to Russell Kingdom 11, which is coming up on January 4th, New Japan Pro Wrestling. We did do a uh, Russell Kingdom review show a couple of years back after uh, the King of the Mountain, Jeff Jarrett, gave us an interview, and we watched the show... And, uh, and gave our, our our thoughts on the event. We could do the same this year if people were interested. I'm kind of trying to gauge the interest around the table as I say this right now. People seem happy. People are shaking their heads. Uh, I I will, very quickly. I will since I'm not sure how many devout Japanese wrestling fans are around this table. I'll, I'll make this short and sweet. I think Okada will retain. I think uh, Tanahashi will win. And those are the main matches that I care about anyway. So and to be quite honest, I don't think there's anything else that that. Eats eats me up. Everything else is stuff like Shibata and uh, and Gota that they've done before. So, what's Captain New Japan doing? He's changed now. He, he's gone. He, he joined the Bullet Club. And he's become the Bone Soldier. Cody Rhodes. <laughs> 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 yeah, Cody Rhodes is, is making his first New Japan appearance on the show. He's. Uh, so he's right, I'm gonna have to hear how he's. No, the best wrestler in the world are we for fucking two years until he actually turns up somewhere else and, reali- and we realise he's not that good. <laughs> he's the best wrestler in the world who doesn't like laptops. I don't get it. <laughs> I, 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 you think Brett likes round laptops? I think Brett would rant about laptops if you gave him the chance. Put a tear in his eye. That's why he put in the rant. Was it? People ignoring me, pretending they're looking at the laptop. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. Sorry. Work with me, people! <laughs> and the writers are hitting on the developmental divas. To be honest, that was the one that, that stuck in my craw because I knew what he was talking about. As well they should. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, also, Daniel Cleary says, while on the topic of early predictions, how about the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania in terms of who's going to win or what we're going to see? Yeah, so this is this is a tough one, lads. Well, I is it Braun's year, Carl? It better fucking not be. <laughs> if I want to see a brown shit stain, I'll look at the toilet. I would hope so. I see. Not enough people are familiar with the uh, term I used to describe uh, Braun Strowman. Moving on. Um, I think if I if I remember rightly, Liam, I stole your idea last time of oh, yeah. being um, Cena Taker at Mania. Mm. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm going you with the notion. That? I'm going with the notion that Taker beats Styles for the belt at the Rumble, and wow. Cena wins the Rumble. Okay. Is Taker AJ on the cards? Not yet. No. no. Not officially. They've been no. talking about it, but nothing's official. No idea what Taker's doing. Uh, I guess I think, and again, a lot of people haven't said we're going to WrestleMania this year. So I think that we got Seth and Trips is pretty safe bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I can uh, just sense the enthusiasm for that one. Uh, Brock- well, to be fair, it might be that it's Seth's not going to have to do the shitty pedigree anymore. So well, I hope, nice. hope not. I'm not against the principle of the match, but Brett told me it's only going to be four out of ten anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Goldberg and Brock. We're getting that. That's a pretty safe bet. Yeah. Cena Taker, I think, is fair. I, I'd say that, that could happen. It's about time that that ended up happening. I mean, it should have happened. When it would have been any good, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know, yeah. Oh, but yeah, there's worse matches, I think. Uh, just as a curious one, then, because uh, a friend of mine meant, asked me this question yesterday, and I was completely stumped by it. What do you think they're going to do with Reigns? I think the Shield is probably going to come back. And do a I, six. Minute. I don't know what on earth they've possibly got. Oh, what are they going to do? Owens and Jericho? Are they going to drag that out till then? If they do, yeah. Reigns has well, nothing. Yes. If they don't, mm. so and they, they keep doing these teasers. Well, they, they did it Survivor the, Series they did it at the end of the line they're wow. together now they touched nooks big <laughs> deal that was <laughs> fucking should have been yeah oh. yeah frustrating I know so I I, I don't know what they're, what they're going to do the belt who fucking cares about the Universal Championship you know it's a very depressing state the of what <laughs> <laughs> it's a very depressing state of affairs with the championships these days it's it's. I'm not really feeling the uh, the Universal belt beyond Owens the only thing I can think is if if they don't do Owens and Jericho if Balor's back by then yeah, they do the whole Balor who was the first Universal Champion comes back fights Owens he won the second is he Jay back? for Mania I reckon he'll be back for Mania Money. he had the surgery in like August or early September so he should be back by then don't forget that you got uh, Wyatt and Orton to fit in there somewhere, guys. Well, they would be the logical opponents for the Shield, I That's would what think. I'm thinking, if, yeah. if, if, they, if they so you're not doing Triple H Rollins. Oh fuck yeah, I forgot That's about that. Ah, oh, yeah, fuck it then. That's not going to happen, is it? Ah, oh, Triple H, gotta get his match in there somewhere, hasn't he? All right. What's Triple H's entrance this year, guys? What's he sponsored by? That's this really time? what we yeah. should. That's really <laughs> what we should predict. What shitty movie is out in March? Jacked up Stormtroop a bit late for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah. There's, there's a Spider-Man reboot coming out, isn't there? Oh, I oh, wear like the pajamas, Spider-Man pajamas on Triple H. That'd be sweet. <laughs> <laughs> you spider. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sensing a ton of uh, prognostication around the table for Mania. <laughs> I just wish like uh, it does feel like everything's just kind of up in the air and nothing's really. Other than like the two, other than the you know, the main one, Goldberg and Brock, nothing yeah. really feels like a slam dunk. I'm always gutted that WrestleMania is in like the, the approach to, to summer blockbuster season and not Oscar season because we could have got like a 12 Years a Slave or Birth of a Nation Triple H coming out like Black Turf and <laughs> Finding Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go. Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill hey. <laughs> Hunter. Hey, hey. Okay. Got it. Thanks um, for saving it. <laughs> <laughs> what is his name? Uh, I'm going to say they don't do Brock and Goldberg because they don't want to beat either. You think they'll cave? I think they'll do Goldie for the belt and Brock I will say Brock and Strowman Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> what a that's a bold prediction let's see if it pays off while we're on the subject of uh, predictions I'll chuck a couple of extra ones here I think Samoa Joe will debut in the Rumble uh, I think Shinsuke Nakamura will lose the NXT title to Bobby Roode in January and hopefully will be coming up to join the main roster uh, the day after Wrestlemania is what I think and I think and again this is a bit of a long shot but if Abushi is bought in WrestleMania weekend as an outsider. I think if Nakamura loses the belt in January, there's a chance, just a chance, that uh, we're going, we may, we may get Nakamura Abushi on WrestleMania weekend. Wishful thinking, but that's that's a bold prediction. <laughs> All right then. Shane Doyle also said, by the way, he snuck this in here. P.S. Will Osprey versus Ricochet from the Best of the Super Juniors was fantastic, and no other opinion is correct. 
Carl, you saw that. We all watched that match together. We we did. I think we were all equally disgusted. Fuck me! That took me that long to remember that match happened this year. That seems a really long time ago. Yeah, this this has been a very newsworthy year. So much has happened this year that uh, it, it does feel like a lifetime yeah. ago. But uh, yeah, I did not like that match at all. Very the, the high spotty, no selling. It's just not. It's just not for me. Not for me. Is, is it not for you? It's the, the, the PWG six man that we saw with um, Osprey. Uh, Ricochet and uh, Matt Seidel against the Young Bucks and Adam Cole that we watch, Kieran. Much the same. That that no-selling, frenzied, incredible spots one after another style worked in its niche, but uh, not for me. Rather watch a bit of Strowman. I can't say I'd rather watch a bit of Strowman. You like the the, the non-frenzied (laughs) no-selling. Kieran Swain on the Facebook pages. Merry Christmas, guys. My question to you is, Jim Cornette, is his long-running hatred of Russo not as bad as he makes out, and have they turned it into a work to promote each other? No, it's true and justified. (laughs) Carl, your thoughts? I wholeheartedly agree with everything Kieran just said. Do you you reckon... Would it break your heart to find out that this is a, a work all along, Carl? I think yeah, actually it really would. Yeah, <laughs> there, there, are, there aren't many things in life that disappoint me. Such are my low expectations of, of the world around me. You, you would feel the same way you felt when you were told that there is no Santa. I remember Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was a legend. He was a legend. Um, yeah, no, I think that it's it's, it's more than justified and completely uh, legitimate. I don't, uh, Russo might be stringing I, I it out for his own game. I think there's a bit of a difference there on Russo's part. He's Ru- trying to build it into a work. But yeah, Russo's clinged onto the last vestige of being relevant in this industry, somehow lasting a monumental, like, 18 years in, 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 in wrestling, so... Yeah, he, he's he's hanging on. I think he's clutching onto the Cornet bandwagon. Uh, Noid on TPWW forum says, "Thanks for helping make the year of wrestling so bearable." A few possible areas for discussion. And there's a few here, so we can do this quick fire. I'd like to know if there is a popular opinion circulating around the smart cosmos that you personally disagree with. Is Matt Hardy truly a genius? <laughs> no. <laughs> I I watched. I don't know why I did it, but I watched total nonstop deletion in full. <laughs> I was offended. Your, your thoughts? I, I actually was, haven't seen that yet. Oh, it's oh, it's so. It, it's it's just the stereotypical. You're watching it. A friend who's not a wrestling fan walks and goes, "This is what you watch," you know, and you just you're just embarrassed by it. Yeah, that bad. I think it's that bad. Despite what uh, Brian Alvarez and even maybe Big Dave has alluded to, they're oh, both wrong. Lance Storm liked it as well. Really? Yeah, he did. Yeah, you were trained by that <laughs> man. He always had a perverse sense of humour, that man. Um, I will say, you know, I, I, I love to be able to applaud groups that do something a bit different. It's like, uh, I, I appreciate Lucha Underground, even though I don't really enjoy it that much. I appreciate the idea that essentially it's in a, a different universe with its own rules and all that shit. I like that. But what Matt Hardy thinks doing, it's like, as a one-off? Yeah, alright. Bit of publicity, the wrestling equivalent of a Super Bowl ad or whatever the fuck you're doing, but it's still happening guys I keep hearing about it it's a thing that's still going on but the thing is it doesn't even enter my orbit because it's TNA so my brain just goes oh you don't need to pay attention to that <laughs> that's good yeah so the, the broken Matt Hardy stuff I, I things all seem to start from an angle that was just piss poor which is that contract sign up with the real Washington it almost to me it was like they actually do think this is good and, and it came off so poor that they thought alright fuck this let's just have a laugh that's, that's the way I see it it's like 
I, I personally get no. Uh, yeah, there's some there's some individual high spots. Yeah, the Jeff Hardy's itch weed going <laughs> was the thing when he's just like he's I can't see shit, man. <laughs> yeah. like, some funny one, some funny one liners, but I, 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 you know, it's, it's that weird thing of like you know what there are some people who just love a car wreck. And the fact that this is like caught on and people chatting delete at WWE shows is kind of yeah, astounding also, to me. Yeah, they also chant ten, pissing over any match where they go. Uh, what the fuck? How long? Okay, Sami Zayn, Braun Strowman, ten minutes. They spend three minutes on the outside, and then they do like who's it's. Is it Sammy might get counted out or something? When or is it Strowman? Oh, is Strowman gonna make you back in the ring? What the fuck! They spent half the match on the outside talking to Mick Foley. It makes no fucking sense. Uh, and then the question here from Noid: Is Chris Jericho's list really the shit? He's, he's, he's playing the devil's advocate. Like, is because the opinion is that the list is good. <laughs> I like that you're saying this. You explain it like we're fucking ten year olds. No. no, what he's doing, children? I had to because Carl <laughs> gave me a look like he's gonna throw me through my own window. So. <laughs> No, I, lo- I love the list. I love Jericho. Jericho is one of the, the rare highlights of, uh, of Raw. I can't say I, I, I hate it. There are only two times I've cared about lists. Both involve Chris Jericho. Indeed. I will say, it's it's really painful on Raw at the moment where you've got um, two charismatic heels and the faces just can't keep up in any real sense. Mm. That's a horrible place to be in wrestling. You do, I, They're the only two guys I want to see succeed and they're the devilish malicious people. Yeah, I don't know. Raw's a sorry state of affairs. I just... General feeling on a lot of acts at the minute and the, this actually is, maybe ironically, has come through more with like the cruisers and um, these more more indie guys who got brought up quickly, I guess, onto some kind of sphere of WWE TV. It's like these act, Rich Swan. It's like they've got this little indie act, comes out, dances a bit. There's no depth, and yeah. you see it unpolished. You see it once. It's the second time you see it. So I've seen that this already. I have no. I, Jack Gallagher's. I love the guy. The first time I saw him, I don't need to see him again. Yeah, because it's, it's exactly the same shit, and it's like. But before, he's got a moustache. Yeah, I respect, I respect the moustache, but um, my point is the Jericho thing is, it's a great whimsical little thing that back in the day you'd do as part of your overall character, like the shit you used to do in WCW, Night A, whatever. Um, it's right up that avenue, but now it's like there is nothing else. There's this nothing is the whole that. depth for the act. It's the same as Ten. It's the same as the stuff that we were just talking about a second ago. We broke him out hardly where the whimsical little stuff. Because this is the thing, wrestling is unfortunately gravitated because of the way there is so much content and the way that they book, it's gravitating towards the niche of the super fan, and they're the ones who treat everything whimsically anyway. So the, the whimsical stuff is the stuff that, that appeals to them. Yeah, um, don't get me wrong. As, as much as I get a, a kick out of this, I can I can see what sort of why there's there's faults to an extent, but it's um, I think it was a, a point Kira made back on our last uh, timeline show, which of course you can. Listen to it at squaredcirclesetradio dot com, um, where we were talking about Raven. It's just, Have a sausage roll. <laughs> uh, yes, but we, were, but Kieran mentioned about Raven and, and the way he was sort of inoculating himself from all the NWO bullshit, if you like, was the, the self-contained bullshit. Well, the self-contained bullshit has now become the show. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, not working out so well. Uh, he also asked, is it just me, or is women's wrestling just the same as it always was, except now they smile and give a thumbs up when they talk about it? And is it just me, or is Alexa Bliss still really terrible? Say you want a revolution. <laughs> yeah, it's not you, buddy. It's not you. Yeah, it's not, it's not just you. Yeah, we're not big fans here. I will say, I, I have enjoyed more women's matches this year from WWE than in recent years. But... 
what does that say at the end of the day that there has been a handful of matches featuring women that I've gone that was a really good wrestling match I should be able to say that constantly with the money they've got and the roster they've got I should be saying that every fucking show but instead it's like once every so often yeah that was a good wrestling match Eh, what are you going to do yeah. Sasha and Charlotte on TV has been good but on pay-per-view I think they're disappointed every time to be quite honest um, so yeah I, I, I agree that the the deluge of some of this talent I use that term liberally Carmella <laughs> if you're listening yeah I hope you are and this is Kieran's number yeah <laughs> I've already sent it to her on Twitter five times it must be. I think it's a system error or something. I'd expect server. It's probably. a glitch. It's a glitch. We'll, glitch. we'll fix that. We'll fix that. I blame the Russians. Lana, <laughs> <laughs> she's jealous. Noid says, "I'm also curious to know if there's anyone on the current roster that you think has got a legitimate shot of being a star down the line. Your timelines have highlighted that The Rock had some uh, some uh, questionable booking thrown his way, and he just powered right through, being the great man and future president of the United States that he is. Is there anyone with the surefire talent and charisma to overcome those sorts of terrible booking decisions today? Up until a few weeks ago, I'd have said Rusev. There's something about that man that stands out. He very rarely does the kick out of everyone's finishes, and seems to be somewhat bulletproof in making whatever the." WWE gives him somewhat entertaining. I think what, once he drops the anachronistic evil foreigner shtick, or at least dials it back a bit, uh, I th- but, but there is a charisma there that he. Uh, he uh, I fucked that up. There is a charisma there that he is talented enough to back up. Andy Howe on the Facebook page also said, I guess, in a related uh, question, who will be the breakout star for 2017? So, not to put a downer, but by what ranking? <laughs> yeah, but by what measure is a star these days? Yeah, I was going like, is AJ considered well, a star yet? That's it. I mean, if a you know, it's, if if we're looking at like stars like The Rock, then nobody. Yeah, it's just not going to fucking happen again in any meaningful manner for for what WWE is doing at the moment. As in, people who should be in a better you know, who we hope is going to be a breakout thing within the WWE, then. I really think Cesaro's got everything they need if they figure that fucking thing out because he's fantastic at pretty much every individual thing I've seen him do. Apart from star power, which is well, that, that's the thing. Well, that's the thing though is star power isn't some is is something that develops. I mean, he gets a great reaction in the ring consistently during matches that no one should give a shit about. People, people get into his matches, but people don't give a shit about him. And- People, people don't give a shit about anybody I'm trying to work I'm uh, work, answer, working yeah, on a great that's, <laughs> that's, that's your answer that, I gave that answer already but I thought well it's a bit shit to give that first <laughs> like, or a table to go round yeah. <laughs> I'm not a big Cesaro fan I remember you mentioned it. I, I, you know, I think as a worker in the ring you know he works very hard and stuff but uh, again it's that star power thing it's like the, the, the things that uh, he doesn't do are overwhelming for his whole act but I guess that kind of again it kind of goes for there's no one that I think is such a complete package that they can overcome what is quite a, an awful situation to try and get truly over in. I don't think anybody can get truly over in this environment. Uh, yeah, I, in terms of regulars, it's uh, so it fucking hard because the guy who had the biggest chance probably recently, tell me if I'm wrong, was Owens. The way he came in, he had the, yeah, the, the, the grand swell when he came in, obviously from NXT, and then he got the, the great rub off, off the, the scene winner straight away. A couple of months later, we know where it is. Completely predictable, exactly the same as everyone else. Mm-hmm. Now you're looking at him; he's a champion, and he's a McCarter with a belt because a the way he's presented, but also there's the split titles. That the split the titles have really had a number done to them. Oh, well, which we said, which and we everyone said. fucking knew. Yeah, and there's no. How can you not know that? It's why would it be different? Yeah. Um, but and, and it didn't help the way he won anyway with Triple H. Yeah, the, the real star coming in, you know, and then kick one pedigreeing him to um, become the 15-time champion. I so like probably can. So I was, in terms of regulars, 
No, it's really fucking no. hard. How can you? I don't, I don't know how you can. We well, expose so quickly. The people that get truly over, the people that come in and then fuck off, and and, don't, and aren't there all the time. I mean, what does that tell you? That's that's a, that's a sorry, sorry state of affairs. So I guess the the question of who will be the breakout star for 2017? Well, Goldberg. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> looking that way, isn't it? Breakout star. Um. Well, Finn got injured, so they haven't had time to fuck him up yet. So they... Snow Joe. Think, I don't think Finn's the answer either. Oh, no. Well, no, no Joe. Joe, get over. Joe? Joe, get over, and he's anyone who actually wants to be a heel at the minute, so if, if he's presented as a heel, maybe he's got a chance. Okay. We'll Bring him that. in as a face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Uh, Noid on TPWW also says, Who has 2016 helped and hurt the most? You can call the positive award, award the James Ellsworth Autograph Line at Future Indie Conventions Award, and the negative one, the Ambrose. <laughs> or the Dolphy, or the Tony Cesaro, or, okay, basically anyone. Sorry to be so negative at Christmas, I'm not drunk yet, but will be as I listen to your show. Hey Carl, how do you feel about a potential Wyatt Family vs. Brothers of Destruction Smackdown tag team title Ooh. match at Wrestlemania? They have to be protecting the Christmas creature for something, right? Merry Christmas, and apologies for suggesting that. That would be like asking me to choose which cancer I'd prefer to have. <laughs> um, uh, most wonderful time of the year, folks. Um, no. Uh, oh God. Breakout star of 2017. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie Future. <laughs> oh, God. I'd, I'd go with that. I'd go with that. <laughs> so. Better have Bashman has, yeah. How about what, how about who's been helped and hurt the most this year? Ambrose, I think, has to be the answer for me. For, I mean, yeah, he answered it himself by saying it has to be called the Ambrose. I think that's true. When you look at the start of the year, people still had that that ray of hope that he's the answer, not Reigns, and people reacted to him in that match with Triple H at Roadblock like he was the answer. I think uh, Amber, uh, Owens now as well though. Owens is getting that. how often we uh, Owens was the only one getting visceral male responses when he comes out. Now it's nothing. Mm. Now he's got there. He's a fucking. They present him as a mid card loser, and he's looking, not even looking he's, to be a top. Guy. And he's not. And he's not the cool one in the relationship with his mate. So mm. completely iced him. Uh, what was the other one? Breakout. Yeah, yeah, well, breakout. We talked about before. Oh, but okay. This is the uh, the uh, who's been helped the most this year. Braun Strowman, probably. Braun, who. I is can't, it Braun or Braun? What the fuck is his name? I can't believe, by the way, the, the amount of support I'm seeing. I like him. I said this two about three weeks ago. Did, I know Trust you did. me, I'm well on that bandwagon. But he's—it's the booking of him. He's, he's yeah, yeah. But with everything else booked so shit and inconsistent, it's just refreshing to see someone who's booked consistently. I wanted him to squash Sami Zayn, and I love Sami Zayn. But fuck him, <laughs> he's not going to draw anything because he's presented as a low mid carder jobber. Squash him, let the big man roll free, and yeah. And I do like Corey Graves as well. Just completely random. I still like Corey. Mm. Yeah. Nah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm still cold on him, but he's, yeah, I, don't, I don't dislike him as much as I did in NXT. I thought he was much worse in NXT than he is here. He, he's getting his, he's, he's getting acceptable. It's my sense that he clearly loves himself, doesn't he? Mm. Yeah, that's smarmy. I know yeah. he's a heel announcer, but there's the smarminess about how he thinks that what he says is so great. I think I'll get along with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think the, t- the two of you are really <laughs> like magnets turn around the wrong way. <laughs> Corey, Corey Graves is, was Sterling James Keith. That's the one. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Suck then, he sucks now. No, I'm just kidding. Um, 
But anyway, uh, Martin O'Connell says, uh, Greetings from Canada and happy holidays. Uh, love this show after giving one of your timeline episodes a listen. I've been hooked ever since. My question is, around the table, who is your least favourite wrestler of all time? I know Tommy Dreamer and Kane are table favourites, but there has to be somebody so devoid of any merit whatsoever that they sunk even lower than that. Also, are you looking at bringing back the review in the new year? <laughs> and the answer is yes, we will be. But uh, least favourite wrestler of all time. This has got to be one we can each come up with fairly, fairly, fairly sharp. Yep. Um, Jimmy Jam Garvin. <laughs> I, I hate Jimmy Jam Garvin. That's an excellent choice. I hate Jimmy Jam Garvin. I just, the, this, the, I fucking hate him. I, I'm not even going to try and articulate why. He's, he, I don't. I think he's. I think he's overrated. I don't think he's any good. I just. Uh, he annoys me. The fact that they try to get him over as a baby face in '92 is deplorable. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, not a fan of uh, Jimmy Jam. What about you, Carl? Um, I could play it safe and go Kane here, but Kane was at least you know, useful for about 12 months, if I'm being fair. <laughs> You're going to oh. say 12 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that... About how long pretty, that's pretty, was, much, yeah. pretty, pretty much bad blood and that was it. <laughs> now, um, I'd have to go with uh, one of Liam's personal favourites here, actually. Uh, Dino Bravo. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. He was so fucking terrible, <laughs> and yeah, uh, yeah, uh, he didn't. You know, he, the only way in which you could say he excelled at everything was by demonstrating how terrible he was in each category. But, <laughs> but you know, it, it's the way he was given. A <laughs> way to say so. <laughs> you know, try and be philosophical about these things. Um, no, just a complete waste of skin and oxygen. <laughs> who? long outlived his purpose and bearing in mind he was bumped off in around 93 <laughs> yeah bullet club of a different kind <laughs> Bob Holly I <laughs> fucking hate what a waste of flesh Be I mean it just seriously it's like he's like trying to I, that whole period where he's trying to present this Triple H tough guy persona while in the fucking while jerking curtains every fucking day like, what the trying to pull off here buddy I just I I, I, I've, I mean I'm well known for my dislike of people who I just in real life just seem to be a complete dickhead well right at the top of that list Sparky Plug yeah I'm actually you know I hate going for something that someone already has but I actually would put Bob Holly up there because like I don't mind guys who weren't that special that never like that stayed where they belonged if that makes sense but when he had that main event run with Brock, with Brock I mean Fuck me! That was ridiculous. Like, and I think that's what it's stuff like that. Like, a he also seems like a fairly horrible person. Full stop. Um, plenty of instances <laughs> of him being just a bellend. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to support that. Me and Edwards don't always agree on lots, but that's one thing we'll definitely tag. We got. We go. I think um, we're taking up Bob Holly. <laughs> Bob Holly and Alex Shane versus. <laughs> he had a good book though, Bob Holly. Bob Holly's book's quite enjoyable. Give it a I've chance. heard that. I will read that in the new year. Yeah, give it. I've got it. If you want to borrow it, honestly, it's it's, it's worth a read. I will, I will, I will uh, go back on my Jimmy Jam Garvin. He is, he is one of my least favorite. However, when you were talking about wrestlers who were just terrible, and you're talking about Dino Bravo, Dino is is awful. But I, I think my least favorite wrestler from day back to a kid was Tugboat slash Typhoon <laughs> slash Shockmaster. How very dare you, sir? Nah, I just I remember every time like everything he looks he looks awful. It's not like, like a fat guy menacing look like Earthquake or Bam Bam. He looks like you know just a cuddly teddy bear who wouldn't do any damage. But he looks like he couldn't fucking win a fight to save his life. <laughs> you don't understand, Liam. He's big. 
he's he's big. You're not following. What you have to understand is he's big. Yeah, and that's, that means he's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Push him. Hillbilly Jim's close as well, but uh... both of whom got the Hogan Association mm. pattern there. Yeah, mm. Kieran, your least favorite wrestler of all time. The correct answer is still Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, but yeah, despite that, there's looking. <laughs> sorry, but no. You need to listen to uh, Killing the Town with Storm and Cyrus as they review ECW shows and talk about how Tommy Dreamer's promo is shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dale Newstead I don't, I don't need to listen to them to know that <laughs> yeah, but you, you'll enjoy it though you'll enjoy it Cyrus is very entertaining uh, Dale Newstead on the Facebook page says uh, food for thought around the table here a bit of a philosophical one uh, annoys me how the WWE tries to present themselves as storyline driven but they're about the show it's not about anybody actually being involved or any one thing that actually happens it's just about WWE kind of like Cirque du Soleil in the sense that you don't remember anything specific from these circus shows or any specific performer anymore it's just about seeing the show you're seeing these fantastical stunts but nothing really stands out I only bring this up because they're always trying to pretend they're storyline driven uh, but to me to be, sorry but to be storyline driven you would uh, imagine it wouldn't be booked like a variety show they're selling the experience of seeing the performers putting on a show rather than a cohesive product it's more circus now than it was at its most carny which was a interesting little uh, tidbit there because I was actually thinking about this afterwards and I was talking to him about it previously in the week about the way that um, the stories were so much slower in the like late 80s early 90s and had the kind of the, the three ring circus reputation from you know NWA fans or wrestling fans in general because of what it was but how there were still hot angles during those kind of periods of time. Like you know, there, were, there were many like hot, you know, like serious heavy angles that you remember, like the the, the, the snake bite stuff like that. Um, you know, the, again, Jake Roberts getting blinded with the uh, the arrogance or yeah, million dollar man. So yeah, you remember like, these these angles that you know, generate a, a uh, certain traditional wrestling reaction, and it's it's veered away from that in in. Uh, well, I guess over the last 15 years but it's a no, no, it's a quite interesting little topic here about kind of the, the current lay of the land of what Dewey goes for yeah it's almost a, too smart for themselves almost no I wouldn't go that far um, it's what well, it's wrestling so it's inherently a unique business so don't compare it to anything else it's still my trouble with TV shows is that there's this is it a TV show is it a live show um, the trouble with the storytelling is that when Back in the day, okay, you got one angle that, which launches the feud, and then everyone—it's it's synonymous with the feud. You can remember it for to this day. But that was probably the only time in that year, until the match, when those two guys, wherever it was, um, interacted in the same screen, in the same fucking arena. Because there was you know, with squash was. matches and jobbers, it was just so—it's a slower pace, and stuff could resonate to build up. Now it's like, oh shit, there's a pay per view on last fucking two days ago, whatever it was. Irrelevant. It's just a show. It's we said it's Survivor Series. Just a show. Irrelevant stuff happens. It's filling time. It's there's, there's so much. Just so much TV. You split the title. Nothing can resonate. How can anything get over as impactful when the only thing that will is, as you said, the guys who went around like Goldberg, Lesnar, because they fought. They've had one confrontation, one confrontation, yeah. and one match. Yeah, you'll remember that. And if they were going around six times before the second match, whatever, or uh, the second pay per view, then no one cares. It's, too much. That's why no one will get over because you fifty-fifty booking because you've got to spread things out. You can't leave guys off a week. You can't have a guy not fucking return the favor. Um, I can't remember the fucking question was now. Fifteen years. <laughs> it's just there was no question. It was the general debate about they try. Yeah, storytelling. They try. Story driven versus try, it's about the show. Now, now instead of being the story driving the feud, which you look to peak the feud at the right shows. Now it's kind of a case of. They need excuses for matches, which is the 
and, and for the majority of the card top to bottom it's okay some bullshit reason they go around exchange wins and it's a loose story yeah. and the trouble is from top to bottom it comes across like that because it's just so repetitive and stuff goes around in circles so much like me talking now with with um, WWE tends to ape popular you know television culture as best it can to try to, to, to ride things and you know TV has been maturing really well over the last decade I mean you know production values went up with shows like 24 and then we headed into Lost and all these and there were proper really high level stuff and then TV went and refined itself where instead of putting out 24 episodes a season your modern shows that people are sitting around for your Game of Thrones your uh, your uh, Westworlds recently they're only yeah. 10 episodes a season because they don't wear out their welcome they don't have a load of was it because of the writer's strike? <laughs> <laughs> no not really but still the point is, though, <laughs> the point is that what a lot of these shows, like Westworld and, and, and Game of Thrones, has done is they've cut out the flab for the most part. There aren't filler episodes, there aren't recap episodes that TV used to have, and it's just nice, lean, small bites. Then you wait in anticipation for a year. WWE puts on so many hours of programming a year, as Kieran says, uh, so many programs, hours of programming per week, per fucking day. On some occasions, there are. You know, you don't have enough fingers on one hand to count the number of hours WWE is putting out on a day that isn't even a pay-per-view day sometimes. And that's completely fucking insane. And none of us, we're all, we're all pretty damn big wrestling fans around this table, but we're not watching all of it. Nobody's watching all of it. Not one human being in this fucking planet is watching everything WWE puts out. I couldn't possibly believe that. So what's the fucking point? Well, the point is obviously that they've signed various contracts and they've got to do these things, but they're also not helping with their own network. It's what a what a sorry state for things to be in at this level of overexposure. I'd agree. Yes, no. I think in terms of the network, it's an isolated thing, and I understand different uh, going for different market segments in the network. That's hmm. what was mentioned before. If they yeah. they start some kind of fucking Chinese championship, it's not aimed at us. You know what I mean? It's, so I understand that, but speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's the main stuff, isn't it? It's we've start. How many pay-per-views is it? 16 now? 17? Yeah, 16 this year is what we're going for next year. Um, you split them. It's just... It, and it's not... The thing is, it's not... Sorry to interrupt you. No, no, uh, please. It's not... The difference between... Okay, wrestling how it used to be was more... Uh, what's it called? Um, price fighting, where mm. you'd... A few big shows, in territory raises, especially, a few big shows which you'd aim for, you'd build to them, and then, you know, then you'd move on with the next... Uh, Cycle, but now it's it's not, and I'd say kind of a Westworld, uh, a, a ten episode series. Mm. It's 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 an elongated film, whereas it's wrestling now with so much. It's it's so proper. Yeah, it is Coronation Street or EastEnders. It's yeah. it's, well, it's never ending. And I'd say it's worse. It's heading towards fucking X Factor in America's Got Talent now. If you look at it, if you look at that's where I think we'll be soon. <laughs> I swear with wrestling because it's now. I always thought you know a new cast of characters will really help the WWE out of it because they had a good stale run of everyone that's fucking you know the John Cena Randy Orton every pay per view series kind of thing. And we've got a new cast of characters in now. We've got loads of people who came in just this last year, last couple of years. And what has it changed? Fuck all. Every one of them has been dragged <laughs> down except Bill Goldberg. Except and what does that say? And that's our breakout star of the year. He's a guy who's cemented his fucking legacy. Yeah, by he yeah, he yeah, came he in is. and cemented his fucking legacy. I never thought much of Bill Goldberg, really, until he came in and did this. And I went, oh, you know what? That guy's still got something. <laughs> fucking impressive. Bill Goldberg. Fuck. I think the thing as well is that, like, we are with 
all the Goldberg love off the back of that angle. Let's just remember at the moment we're catching lightning in a bottle there. We've had one match back. Let's see if we're all talking the same way after two or after three. It's, I guarantee we will. Yeah, it, you know, it, it's <laughs> yeah. what's the line from The Dark Knight where you either die the hero or live long mm-hmm. enough to become the villain? Yeah. That's literally James what happens Ellsworth in pro story. wrestling. Yeah, you <laughs> long know. enough to become <laughs> shit. So, uh, see, I think that's way too cynical. I think that but when when it's something like a Goldberg, because the thing is, you don't get Goldberg all the time. So. I don't think anybody would have predicted at this point that people would be as excited as they are. So I, I, I you know, you as a wrestling fan, you always got to live in hope. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't, you can't write everything off as it's going to be awful. I, I'd hate that. I'd hate if that was my perspective. But the hope we're holding on to seems to be shrinking every year, and I don't mean to sound pessimistic, but it, the last, <laughs> not, not, the time before last on this show, I got to sit around this table, and one of the things we talked about was, are they going to fuck up the cruiserweight division? Because it was right on that cruiserweight thing, and we were just coming off the cruiserweight tournament. We had loads of praises, and we was like, "Oh, how long is it going to take for them to fuck it up?" In a jokey way, it didn't take them any time at all. They <laughs> fucked it up before they even got it on the fucking screen again. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Total WCW. They have WCW. Amazing. Don't sign up the ta- the big talent on there, uh, and then yeah, don't let them wrestle how they can wrestle because um, nobody learns anything in wrestling. But that's a, it was frustrating. Okay, they kind of did learn. We'll do a network show for them, <laughs> except we'll do it after film after SmackDown in front of people who don't give a shit about just like guys. ECW. Yeah, and we brought that back. What a roaring how, success! How could anyone have any positivity heading into this UK thing? You know what I mean? It's like you've got this UK division which is being set up just the same way as this cruiserweight tournament was, and yeah, the tournament was great. But beyond the possibility that we're going to have two nice nights of Blackpool wrestling filming, what have we got? What are they going to do? They're going to fuck it up! So, <laughs> as it comes down to it, our three-ring circus is just full of guys. There's no clowns, there's no acrobats, there's just a bunch of guys wandering around aimlessly, staring at the stars, reading out bad lines from some third-rate Shakespeare ripoff. That's what we're watching in the big fucking tent. It's enough out of you, Sparkle Crush. Watch you! <laughs> Ron Banks on an email to us inspired by Chase reciting the time his parents saw him watching a Sable promo what is your most embarrassing moment of watching wrestling oh there's so many to choose from <laughs> delete 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 <laughs> no because I, I knew there was no risk of anybody see, watching uh, seeing me watch that um, it's pro- probably something from from 95 like you know T.L. Hopper or, or Manta or something like because you know, at the, the age of sort of 10 or 11 when I'm sat there watching it and and, and your mother's in the living room as well and you just think bad time as an 11 year old kid she'd say to me bad time you grew out of this shit oh yeah that, that old uh, classic yeah. it's the right I mean <laughs> uh, she wasn't wrong God rest her soul <laughs> uh, I'm just going to go gen- generally WrestleMania 9 Really? A couple of memories from it. IRS. <laughs> Holty's ear is perked. <laughs> you know that. Um, <laughs> trained. So is your beard. Yeah, IRS. <laughs> IRS and his tie. Uh, um, what made that the most embarrassing moment? It's just a, why, why, how real can it be for man's fighting in a tie? It's stupid. Mm, yeah. It's stupid. Uh, later doink, but not early doink. When he was just when he was the kids thing, uh, and Taker and yeah Undertaker the bullshit of Undertaker that over yeah overriding anything Undertaker bullshit Cause it was it was Gonzalez that one was with the yeah. chloroform trying to tell Anand that he's yeah look at his eyes to turn dark in the corners that's because it's fucking real. <laughs> 
didn't believe me. <laughs> no? Oh. Luke? My dad has um, always been into his, his, his fitness stuff. He's done, you know, bodybuilding, weight training, that kind of thing. And um, I remember having a conversation with him when I was younger, talking about wrestling. And I, I remember mentioning steroids. And he's, you know, he's a policeman. He's fairly, you know, straight like that. And he's, uh, oh, no, I don't, I don't, no, no, no. You can get that kind of physique without steroids if you work hard enough. I, the very next wrestling that we had on, literally two days later, he walks in. I'm watching WCW and Scott Steiner's on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> and he looked and just went, huh. <laughs> and walked out again. I was like, yeah, that's wrestling. You should have told him it was Ico Pro. Ulti? <sighs> Your most embarrassing moment of being a wrestling fan? Yeah, I'd say, like, when you look back now, probably I tried too hard to defend, like, the Attitude Era to other people when, like, certain stuff that's in there and amongst there, you just look like, oh, fuck, no. gravy bowls and um, pudding matches and stuff. Like, you just think, like, that sort of stuff at the time, like, I was trying to argue, like, with girls at school that it was, like, promoting female athletes and stuff like that. <laughs> like, it was a revolution years ahead in my mind, but, yeah. Like that's the man I'll hold <laughs> There you go. But wait until yeah. you hear about his mandible claw story. <laughs> oh, Lord, that's not for podcast consumption. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think there's one. I think there's... <laughs> was that the original camel toe clutch? It was the original cool. camel toe clutch. Cool. Um, so... I vaguely remember I think mum and dad being in the room and we're coming up to this scene on the timeline during the sweet Jesus she's got a penis Mark Henry angle <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's pretty tough to beat you know what I mean that's pretty tough to beat uh, sexual chocolate <laughs> you know I'm just gonna go general shit promos you know when guys are hokey wrestling screaming shit. yeah yeah and again but, but, tugboat comes to mind but yeah, yeah when they're not good and actually saying anything they're just going through the moat and just yeah generic Screaming and wrestling promo. That's always hard to defend. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, Papa Shango, the name Papa Shango just flashed in my head of people laughing at the voodoo wrestler yeah. when I was a kid. So I guess that one counts here as well. Uh, moving along now to a, a completely different topic. Niall Clark on the Facebook page says, Happy holidays to you all. Some quick questions for the show. What are your thoughts on the following? And we'll get through to this now because it's uh, year end awards time. <laughs> wrestler of the year, female wrestler of the year, match of the year, event of the year, shock of the year, and disappointment of the year. Uh, obviously, we're going to get to your <coughs> votes for various year-end awards uh, shortly. But around the table, uh, Wrestler of the Year is quite an interesting one because we've—I've I've looked at a few forums and I've, yeah, obviously, uh, write for Steel Chair Magazine. And I think they did their own. And AJ Styles' name is kind of coming up as the consensus for Wrestler of the Year. I would probably go AJ. Yeah, I think so too. In terms of like just completely the shock of him fitting in so well yeah. and doing so you well, know, whatever you're going to get, he's going to make it good. And and the thing too is like even promos, even promos he's like he's completely surpassed my expectations. And I didn't have high expectations. Don't get me wrong, but he's been far better than I thought he would be. And Channeling the Kenny Powers, he really is. <laughs> and like yeah, the accent works for him as the whiny heel and stuff like that. And it's like this is great. This is AJ right now. It's it's almost weird to say like AJ. You know, after watching him for all these years, AJ Styles is there. He's the top guy on SmackDown. And he's doing awesome, and it's just kind of... I don't know, it's, just, it's very surreal, and actually, we actually kind of take stock of it. It's just like, wow, AJ, I think AJ is the best in the world this year. Yeah, I'd agree, and I, I haven't watched as much, obviously, as you guys, but yeah, if you're not seeing these, then I think that gets my vote. But, again, to, to Liam's point, it, it's the all-round performance <laughs> as well when you encompass the promos, um, which I, I suppose gives the game away. Well, yeah, I'm going for AJ as well. I, I, I loved uh, some Ojo stuff in NXT, but, uh, but AJ takes it. There are some of the candidates that are obviously going to get a lot of mentions, but 
I'm not a big fan of Kenny Omega. Well, I'm not the biggest fan of Kenny Omega. What for, for the female wrestler? Wrestler <laughs> <laughs> of the year. I, he's very good, but he's just, uh, just something missing for me. Um, for female wrestler of the year, the fact that those are the you only Kenny mention Omega. Kenny Omega with fucking AJ. No, he's, delete that, Liam. No, you <laughs> honestly, he's had so many <laughs> really good matches um, in New Japan. Okada's had a great year. Naito's had a very, was having a great year, and then they haven't dropped the belt, so that's kind of depressing. Devalued him a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I think Stars is the is the pick for me. Female wrestler of the year is next up. Charlotte. Gotta be Charlotte. Yeah, Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean Not a litany of great choices. Sasha Banks' performance after getting married has been <laughs> shocking and Subpar. Subpar. I think she's distracted. She's got comfortable. Comfortable. She she, she I think she has to put weight on as well. Um <laughs> Yeah, Charlotte easy. <laughs> yeah, Charlotte fairly easy here. Match of the year. This one's a bit more. There's a bit more competition for this one. This has been a year of quietly a lot of pretty damn good matches. Uh, Zayn Nakamura is an early one that comes to mind. Yeah, that's Naka's best match. Um, easily, I would say as well. Yeah, me too. What? Oh, you've had some really good AJ. AJ and Cena at SummerSlam was amazing. Uh, AJ's had some good with uh, Reigns as well. Yeah, yeah, some really, like, really cracking on with Reigns at Extreme Rules. I've been having more fun with the NXT tag matches than anything else. Ah, oh, Revival and DIY. Yeah. yeah. Among others. Revival I mean, and Alpha. That's it. Alpha, you remember anything Alpha that Revival, uh, Revival's been doing for this chunk of the year, I mean, it's probably one of them. It's probably the two out of three falls. Um, uh, with those guys, because that was such... I, I love that fucking match. I... Again, I get my token New Japan reference here with uh, Naito and Omega from the G1. Uh, what about um, oh, the finals? Nakamura and Stars at Wrestle Kingdom 10 at the start that of the year? That was the start of the year. There was, yeah, yeah. January 4th, the start um, of the year. Very good match. And Okada Tanahashi on the same show was yeah, fucking cracking. Yeah. Feels um, so long ago. It, it really does. Changed. It feels, feels like, like a lifetime. Yeah. I think I'm. Uh, get, it's, uh, get another one of those on a different day. I can give you a different answer, but for today, I think I'm inclined to agree with Luke. And go with the two out of three falls. I'm making friends today. I'll, I am going to go with Zayn and Nakamura. I, I, I think in terms of the, the atmosphere of what that match was, you're not going to get that very often. And uh, and I thought, again, the, the crowd was as annoying as that crowd can be. That was about as organic as you're going to get from that audience. Um, and uh, the thing I love about that match too is it wasn't a match that relied on near falls. But so many matches that are great these days, it's always big kick out, big kick out, big kick out. And that one had one near fall in the whole match, and I love that. So I'll give an honourable mention to Cedric Alexander and. Kota Ibushi cracking match that was actually I thought um, Ibushi and TJ was pretty damn good as well Ibushi's not bad Ibushi fella (laughs) turns out pretty damn good Holti do you want to have a nomination for match of the year (sighs) you're asking the right guy here aren't you (laughs) (laughs) of the ones you've seen Uh, Goldberg Brock (laughs) (laughs) let's get my shock of the year yeah, yeah, definitely. Shock of the year. Are we all in agreement? Yeah. 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 Well, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not shocked by that. I'm shocked I that. asked you, Lim, who's winning? And you looked at me like, are you fucking idiot? And I said, well, it depends what they can do afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough that it, it technically didn't work out like that. They, and they, they put him over because he signed. Like, yeah, they well, still, the yeah, but still, they signed him and planned for something afterwards. So they thought, well, you know what? Let's change the finish. Well, I don't know. I don't even think the finish was the shock. I think the fact that they did it as a, a Goldberg squash match was did, the shock. Absolutely, really? dis- absolutely disagree. Because that's what oh, I hope they do, which is why I didn't expect to see it. <laughs> yeah. As far as shock of the year goes, it, for me, it's, it's Goldberg Lesnar. Never in a, honestly, never in a million years did I expect that company to do That's that. It. I was absolutely anticipating 
uh, yeah, a possibility of, of the wheels coming off and them being told to go 20 minutes and it being absolutely <laughs> terrible. The shock of the year for me, I think, was the feeling I had at the start. Uh, yeah, Goldberg Brock is what it is, but the feeling at the start of the year when the news came out that AJ Styles and Nakamura oh, going to the WWF. Yeah. Dude, a- AJ coming out at the Rumble. I mean, not it wasn't a shock when it was happening. Surreal moment of the fucking yeah, year. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Christ. Walking out like he's, you know, he's been there for years already. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that to me, like when the news came out the day after Wrestle Kingdom, that, oh yeah, Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles are going to the WWE. It's like, what? Wait, when does that that's, yeah. that's That to me is the biggest one all year. Um, disappointment of the year. Uh, Owens as champ really well not yeah the run is bad it's okay it's early but I don't accept it to last long just what I hoped that would mean when they if they ever put the belt on him and to do it and AJ as well doing it both of them splitting the belts okay AJ obviously has done better in the, in the role than Owens because of the way Owens has been presented um, but splitting the belts has hurt both of them so that's disappointing I'd, you know I'd love to see AJ or Owens as the focal point of it's not going to happen but the focal point of people chasing AJ you could do that because he's so fucking good yeah. um, and Owens too um, but yeah Owens in particular I mean that's just oh, iced, they iced him man he was he, we, we were here talking about the guy after the, the, the split who should be positioned as the face who's the guy if you're going to go with the one guy and a lot of people yeah well, we're all saying that Owens has, has, has got something to go with and they've just fucking iced him yeah horrible yeah not good yeah my disappointment of the year was not following on a, a close week to basis when the, the I heard that the belts I think you told me got split again I was like fuck Jesus you know it just seems like they were unifying them when I last yeah. paid attention sort of thing so yeah that sort of stuff just never fails to just make me scratch my head sort of thing so. yeah I'll say uh, the brand split in general for this point of the year and so again we we, we, we we did a show again squaredcirclegazette.com folks where we archive every single one of them where we did again we did our version of it. if we if we were given this position and given the uh, autonomous rule what would we do and pretty much every single pitfall that we saw which is either you got to bring everyone up or <laughs> this is going to fail miserably well, you've got to go all out in, in these different areas. They didn't do it. They they split the belts. They did everything they did before, and the results are the same. Everything means less now than it did the last time. So, that's the. I mean, that's the biggest disappointment in the sense of any time. Because the thing is, I actually thought this after watching Roadblock, where after watching Roadblock and seeing like the crowd reactions and stuff like that, and and the show in general, it's like you know, I really wish that I could blow up this crowd and start from scratch to try and get these guys over again. Like, but like over the way they sh- you know, you'd want them to be. Mm because the, the, the reactions for everybody is just so fucking all over the place and the booking's all over the place but after like you know the, the, the brand extension the draft is in theory the Russo restart kind of a thing of okay well let's see where we go that there's a chance here that they can you know do something different and create something new and then for them to just do everything they did before it's just that's very disappointing yeah. I, I think that that's that's the key for me I everything they've done is what I expected them to do <laughs> and, 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 the, and the same goes with, with the Owens run you know, as much as you hope that it won't be the case I always half expected it so I, I can't claim that they were the, the biggest disappointments because in many respects I'd already, I'd already sort of priced it in if you like um, <clears throat> I'd say biggest disappointment for me and again this is probably something I should have seen coming was the Ambrose Lesnar blow off oh, yeah, because, because at that point yeah, Ambrose has, has lost to Triple H, but there's, to me, there's still a, a sense of you can do something with him. And I always expected Lesnar to beat him, but it's that sense of you could tell a decent story here, yeah. of fight, you know, fighting from underneath, and, and you know the valiant effort in a similar vein to to the Punk match, and for it to just be just a. Comp- 
complete blow over in the manner it was and yeah we find out later it's because Lesnar doesn't want to do anything because he wants to go and do a fight in the UFC um, yeah, it's, yeah it's, shock it's, of the year Brock going back to the UFC that was, that was one you wake up and you're like what the fuck yeah. but, uh, but yeah for, for me I'd, I'd, I'd go with, with Ambrose Lesnar you know I've kind of given this opinion before on previous shows but as Kieran said Nakamura's first match was his best one and he is you know I when Nakamura came in I, you know I was optimistic I was expecting a, a fair seismic shift like they're bringing in this guy well they're either going to fuck it up straight away or he's going to really change this and what we've had was that middle ground and that's unfortunate what do you expect this is the, what can you do the thing and we'll get to this and actually somebody did write this in and I think he might have accidentally skipped past it which was oh yeah Jamie Rayet on the Facebook page said happy holidays lads one simple question has NXT as a television slash network show peaked and the whole thing with NXT is, what the fuck was, is it ever going to be? It can't grow. It doesn't make any money. The, the, what you've seen for the last two years of NXT is all it will ever be. Yeah. So the, the idea that, oh, well, something's going to come in and make a change. No, it's not. Well, it's no. that the actual lay of the land for this show is, not make a change. is yeah. fucking awful, really, when you think about it. When you've got James Ellsworth fucking beating AJ Styles on SmackDown, and you've got Nakamura and Samoa Joe farting around in front of 400 people who got him for free in Orlando... That's bullshit. <laughs> like, I, I, I can't tell you how much that fucking irritates me for a company where the reins are, are still going down, in case you haven't noticed, folks. In 2016, interest is still waning. And it's like, why are you hoping that something's going to happen in NXT of note? You bring guys in, everybody that's there. Look what happened to Finn Balor. He brought Finn Balor and he did nothing either when he got there, really. What great match did Finn Balor have? What great match did Samoa Joe totally have? Totally. NXT, sorry to talk about NXT for me was... When Owens first comes in and he gets the belt, and it's like the potential of the setting up all these guys, these challenges for him. It's like you could just see kind of the map for the next year plotted out with him taking on all, all these guys, gunning for his belt, and him being this fucking awesome heel and coming through, and then getting caught. And you can see this, you can see the NXT built around him and the the, the focal chase for him, as it, with for him as the champion. Um, but pretty quick that wasn't the way they were going to go and he gets brought up and he's and it's but that's it and that, it, it is what it is I don't it's like the women's revolution divas revolution that's I, I find it hard to get offended by people who you know oh they tell us something it's something it's not it's promotion yeah. so that's, don't take it personally just see it for what it is and don't be a mark that's kind of the point <laughs> but but isn't it great to wind G up about that long oh, yes too I, easy I, I prefer not to talk to them all but the point of the point I'm making with this appointment, though, is that either Nakamura gets brought up and something happens. It's the fact that the, exactly the disappointment is that he's sitting around in NXT, and NXT is NXT. You'll get a few good matches, um, a few really fucking guys. I just said my match of the year from NXT, and a few good shows a year. But that's where Nakamura is, and even if he was doing great, then it wouldn't change the world. And he isn't doing great. As I've said before, he's getting into this kind of pattern. And if that's where he is now, he steps up to WWE and he's still in that kind of pattern mode where he's just doing his spots. That's not the Nakamura I want to see at WrestleMania. Um, yeah, he when he gets brought up, he is just another mid-carder. Oh, yeah. Doing the same. And just like everybody else. Same Get out, out, have no match. false illusions. And that's the sad part about it is they're not going to treat him differently to anybody else. He's going to fall in. And yeah, he's going to be panned because... If you're him and you've wrestled at the Tokyo Dome and you've done all this and you've taken risks and you've you've wrestled in a manner that isn't patterned and then you're going to wrestle in front of the fucking crowds of a thousand, knowing that you really should you know save yourself. Don't kill yourself here. 
He's yeah, he's not he's not a rookie. You think this is the chance of a lifetime? He's it for what it is. Why the fuck would he? I wouldn't break my neck for that crowd either. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, I can't really say yeah. Uh, I'm shocked by by the way. I mean, again, Joe, I think Joe's the same. I don't think Joe's putting his heart and soul into everything right now. I don't think he's having the best match he could have because mm. he saved himself. There's a lot that Joe can do without putting his own body on the line. Exactly, so and he he's, doesn't he's have very to. Fortunate like that. And Nakamura's over too, so it's it kind oh of. Oh god, yeah. Moving out to the uh, your votes for the year end awards, we're going to segue there into an NXT discussion. But uh, Suki Singh on the Facebook page for his wrestler of the year said AJ Styles by a country mile. Match of the year: Revival versus DIY. It's about a three falls match at NXT Toronto. Yep. Show of the year: NXT Dallas. And feud of the year for him was Styles versus Cena. We didn't have feud of the year in our uh, list, but. Uh, Styles vs. Cena was a pretty damn good one. Any other feuds stand out to anybody else this year? I quite like Lesnar and Goldberg, quite honestly, for the builder. Whilst while some people may, f- may find the Nakamura Joe match a little underwhelming at times, I I loved the build because I just loved Joe through through the duration of it. Yeah. The screaming for Regal, the contract sign bringing his own tape up, was he then ended with Kevin Owens and the, the stool. Beating the shit out of a bunch of losers along the way. Yeah, Dan Maffer or whatever the fuck. <laughs> uh, Philip Hodgkiss on the Facebook page says, Wrestler of the Year, I'm thinking Chris Jericho. Uh, the list of Jericho giving has been some of my favourite stu- stuff as of late, and the Jericho Owens friendship is one of the best raw team ups I've seen in ages. Uh, the moments when they fooled people into thinking they were splitting up and then both blamed Roman Reigns for everything that went wrong for them. Uh, it was rather funny and I think the pair of them work really well together I think it's drawn it's thanks down to Jericho being one of the industry's greatest heels and having the ability to help get other people over so Jericho get a nomination for wrestler of the year how many good to great matches he had yeah it's kind of a tough one isn't it because I think he's kind of underwhelming one very good match I think, I think the most underwhelming matches Styles had all year with Jericho at the start definitely so uh Brought Ambrose down when Ambrose was hot. Yeah, and I just don't like it when you sing along with the heels. When the heel has got the best sing along lines on your show, that's not being a good heel. Match of the year for him says so might be a bit of a weird one. But I'm saying Lesnar Goldberg, same as you, Halty. Hey. I'm honestly putting it down to the fact it's been a long time since a pay per view match has properly shot me with its outcome, and I can say this match was jaw dropping. Uh, wouldn't have called basically a squash match going in favour of Goldberg. So uh, another another one there for Survivor Series. I don't know if he voted for it because it was the only match he watched this year like me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Event of the year for him was ICW Fear and Loathing. Really thought it was interesting and the social media build-up for this event was epic. Can't say I uh, I saw that myself. Uh, Feud of the year is uh, Banks versus Charlotte. Although the hot potato title swapping uh, between these two can get a bit annoying. The part some truly fantastic and groundbreaking matches showing what the women's revolution should be. Oh, shit. (laughs) Elaborate, Carl. (laughs) Well... I, I agree with what Kieran said earlier about its promotion at the end of the day, but it, it's this notion of, of people who sort of genuinely buy into this idea of a revolution. Oh, it's changed the way we look at women's wrestling. No, it hasn't. You've just got two above-average female wrestlers. Good matches on Raw, but disappointing on... Any, anytime they were put in the position on pay-per-view to have one of these matches that were supposed to be groundbreaking for the women, the reaction every time was completely normal. Hell in a Cell in the main event, I thought was really under par. Is under par right or above par? Subpar. Subpar, that's the word I was looking for. Thank you, Kieran. <laughs> not a golfer, not a golfer. <laughs> I, am not, I am not a golfer. Uh, yeah, and uh, I think the same thing again for actually uh, the last pay-per-view. The Iron Woman match crowd couldn't have given two shits about that. So, 
Yeah, and they didn't get him back into it. Uh, Andy Howe on the pa- Andy Howe on the Facebook page says Wrestle of the Year AJ Styles Match of the Year DIY and the Revival Two Out of Three Falls Event of the Year uh, is SummerSlam. Uh, oh no, just kidding. Fear and Loathing gets my vote. He says Feud of the Year Samoa Joe versus Nakamura. So same for you, Carl. Uh, Craig Atkinson on the Facebook page says Wrestle of the Year is Okada, who has had a great year in, uh, in New Japan. Uh, match of the Year is AJ and Cena from SummerSlam or Zayn and Nakamura from the G- uh, although the G1 Climax has reportedly had several great ones too. Uh, AJ and Cena at SummerSlam, I thought was uh, that, that was close. I was thinking about that with my own pick. Just the uh, again the, the the super kick out of everything style, as it were, but done about as as well as you possibly can do. I think at this stage of the game, um, show NXT Takeover Dallas and Feud of the Year Styles versus Cena or Sasha versus Charlotte. So again, a lot of commonality here. Pat Dooley on the uh, Facebook page says, "Rest of the Year AJ Styles." Uh, the ultimate what if of the last decade and a half was answered with a resounding "fuck yes." Uh, Styles was everything we'd hoped he'd be. His charisma shone through, and they did very little to rein in his ring work. Uh, his feuds have been as good as anything in WWE this year, and he consistently put on one of, if not the, best match of the night. Uh, for match of the year, he's got DIY and the revival two out of three falls. This is everything I love about tag team wrestling. Uh, the match was booked to perfection with some of the best near falls of the year. The right team went over and everybody came out of it looking like top guys. Uh, show of the year to be honest I really have only watched NXT this year in terms of the big shows well I'll say Dallas and feud of the year he goes for Daniel Bryan versus The Miz uh, not an in-ring feud but putting these two back together lit a fire under The Miz we haven't seen in five plus years in terms of building a guy against the authority figure without falling into the tired tropes this was excellent and I would like to get some uh, talk about The Miz and on this show because I've, I've really enjoyed The Miz this year this has been one of the, the better years for The Miz and I know we were talking about grading on the curve moments ago but I really think that uh, Miz has, has really uh, stepped up here yeah I mean, we've said it a few times when he's not offending you in the main events <laughs> he's he's really solid yeah Nicard acts as a heel and yeah. you haven't got many fucking true heels anyway so yeah tip a cap to him yeah uh, Arhan Yohal on the Facebook page says Rest of the year, Eva Marie. Match of the year, Goldberg and Brock. Show of the year, Superstars. Feud of the year, Titus O'Neil versus Darren Young. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> Darren Young, Titus O'Neil. Not a feud that I'll be watching in 20 years on videotape, <laughs> if I can be quite blunt. <laughs> Keep trading the tape. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what the Titus brand is. <laughs> you still waiting to find out? I would buy it if I knew, but I just have no idea. So. No, they, they don't want to tell you what it is. I just then... like Titus. He's a, I like to be his mate. He, he spells champion in a way we can all be proud of. <laughs> I've got to say, the WWE doing this thing where they're mocking the concept of branding while being the WWE is just sickening. <laughs> they're aware of their own hypocrisy. It's amazing. Chris Akierzynski, if I hope I've said that right, emailed in and said, Merry Christmas to all. I'm taking a slightly different approach to this one, boys. Indulge me if you will. The whether Trump builds a wall or not, you're still not getting over award goes to Alberto Del Rio. <laughs> Thought you'd like that one, Carl. <laughs> the biggest waste of a million dollars since Ico Pro. This is the second reference to Ico Pro in one show. Yes! <laughs> the worst babyface since Ken Frickin' Anderson award goes to Seth Freakin' Rollins. <laughs> He was somehow a better babyface when he was a heel, and is so <laughs> and is so awful at delivering organic comedy. He makes Ronnie Garvin's announcing at SummerSlam '89 look like Richard Pryor. <laughs> uh, you'll get you like this one too, Halty. The graduating from the John Spano School of Business Practice Award goes to, goes to Dixie Carter, who not only fart raped countless businesses, money marks, and even the Nazis for some quick cash, but somehow landed a buy with no discernible revenue incoming. And kept her executive title to boot. 
<laughs> this is great stuff. The hot girl unzipping your pants then telling you she has a boyfriend award <laughs> goes to the Cruiserweight Classic for producing some of the most exciting matches and easily relatable stories of the year, then somehow getting the audience to chant boring on, war- on Raw <laughs> only weeks later. The this year's... Oh, thank you, Neville, as we got on the paper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like an L Neville. the heel. Yeah. Neville. With his scruffy beard. The This Year's Flashback to 1998 Award goes to Goldberg, reminding us how a babyface is supposed to act, talk, look, fight, and carry himself, and moreover, the type of excitement fans are supposed to feel when they really rally behind somebody. And finally, Frisbee of the Year goes to the one, the only, the man that can be thrown off the deepest, darkest cliff, circle the Earth's axis on the Titanic for 40 days and 40 nights, and still find a way to return. It's that product of an indoor smoking, damn busters watching racist community, the man who actually used the phrase million dollar and ended up with 31 million dollars as a result Hulk Hogan (laughs) who I predict will return as a surprise at Wrestlemania in Orlando and get a thunderous ovation anyways love the show please keep them coming so uh, yeah some good ones there (laughs) thank you very much Chris um Joe Ankovic's on the Facebook page says wrestler of the year for him is Chris Jericho again another vote for Jericho what he's done has been amazing for a man in that stage of his career match of the year for him is Jericho in Styles at Wrestlemania uh, feud of the year Sasha versus Charlotte gets another vote uh, nobody's worked harder for something that's gone on all year the fans are still invested and uh, Matt Apple on the Facebook page says hello lads I'm not going to go into long winded detail as to why here's my picks uh, wrestler of the year is Tetsuya Naito match of the year DIY in the revival uh, show of the year is progress chapter 30 which can't say I saw uh, feud of the year AJ Styles versus John Cena entertaining promos in a series of matches that went beyond my expectations so uh, a lot of uh, commonalities that we've seen there here we go Nathan Pierce says uh, this has been a year uh, of not caring much about any weekly wrestling television show but to be positive there have been nuggets of excellence scattered around if you have to point out your favourite thing all year about the wrestling world what would it be a high note a high note what are we looking for I'll go back again and say the influx of like an AJ and Nakamura so and fresh blood on the show fresh blood as we've talked about the drawbacks and the pitfalls not pitfalls the uh, mishandling of it in many ways but it's still imagine if we, if we didn't have AJ Styles and Nakamura and Co this year yeah Fuck. oh god if they hadn't bought in those guys this would have been the most I mean look what, look at how bad it was with those guys where you've got again like I'm <laughs> saying I don't need to see Miz and Dolph Ziggler six times on pay-per-view while Nakamura was fucking around with you know Patrick Clark on NXT for Christ's sake you know what I mean? It's like, th- that's the problem. That's our breakout star of 2017 you're talking about. <laughs> Sorry. Good old Patty. <laughs> um, back to Joe and his one-man crusade for his uh, for his NXT title rematch. Yeah? That's yeah, your, your favourite thing? Acting as a, as, a, as a proper monster should, on, on the warpath, just cutting proper heel promos. Can't beat it. Yeah. In a, in a, in a t- at a time where heels are generally cheered and they're all too busy trying to be cool or get themselves over Joe Joe is doing the proper you know, playbook of how a heel should act you know in a year it's, it's actually almost a reflection of what Kieran said in a year of a load of people coming in uh, and having anticipation for it I mean it's loads of notable people that you've heard of coming in WWE um, what really got me was the revival in this, as we already know, I'm a big revival mark, but I had no idea who the fuck these guys were. I had no anticipation for them. There were just two guys on NXT, which I wasn't really watching at the start of the year. Two guys on NXT come through, and I'm like, huh, well, that was a really good match. I mean, oh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, these guys seemed really good. Well, let's watch another one. Every time I'm watching, I was like, 
this is fucking entertaining shit. That's Scott Dawson. That's fucking Dawson. But and and that's that's what's wonderful about it is that I just didn't see it coming in any way. It exceeded all my expectations. It has the usual NXT ceiling on it, or the WWE ceiling as a whole. But fuck it, I could enjoy them for another couple of years, no worries. And that's a little bit of hope because they are so consistent. And not to be Debbie Downer, because that's not really my role in the show yeah, often. That's my but job. I dread the idea of those guys going up. Yeah. That's a terrible. You terrible know what I mean? Look at Alpha. Look at Alpha right now. It's like ah. Oh. Double elimination from Connor last week on SmackDown, Carl. You have to have loved that to your boy Jason Jordan getting there, ham-fisted by Connor. <laughs> that fat wanker. Still got a job for some reason. Anyway. He's failed the wellness policy twice. And, you got, and, and I don't know how. I don't know what for. He's clearly not taking the steroids properly. No. <laughs> no, not at all. So yeah, favourite thing of the year. Oh, you do. I kind of Goldberg, Lesnar. <laughs> I just I tell you what my my favorite thing is is um my my five minute summaries of current wrestling events from Liam while we walk to town at lunch because that's like kind of like so what happened on the pay per view and I'll get a summary of it and it, it's enough to prompt me to occasionally then go and watch a match and things like that and the, the fact is there is still enough of interest that keeps me a card-carrying wrestling fan, even if I don't watch on a week-to-week sort of regular basis. Mm. Things I think you represent but, a lot of wrestling fans, to be quite honest. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when there's something that feels right, it still feels right, like the Goldberg thing. Or, Such a romantic. Oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, it's that that's, that's the best thing for me, is that there's still something worth every now and then either dusting off an old DVD or coming and watching something that someone's told you is really good or just sitting amongst good friends and talking about it yeah have a big Christmas one and all <laughs> although Does, doesn't he just make you feel good about yourself <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favourite thing of the year will probably be the Cruiserweight Classic actually from, from, from what was a slow starter in terms of some of the uh, ham and eggers they got from around oh, the world yeah. to, lo- to lose to where the, the, uh, the 16 people they wanted to get over to the kind of the slowly building stuff the Bushi just being awesome every single time you wrestled uh, the Brian Kendrick Daniel Bryan stuff Akira Tozawa getting to see him in the WWE was he's just awesome getting to see little snippets of guys like Jack Gallagher and liking what you see um, Grandmaster Grand League who I thought really kind of stood out and was really really good as well TJ Perkins not a big fan of personally <laughs> Grandmaster Sexy for a second <laughs> Grandmaster Sexy <laughs> is back that's a shock of the year your boy you. Taj Taj yeah got seen Tajiri back he's, back he's coming back again yeah. <laughs> getting, getting more Tajiri so yeah, no, it's a, I think the Crusade classic for me, best thing all year. And I liked it, obviously, for, for what it was, but maybe that kind of shred of hope that, <laughs> like, I, I hate to say it, but I'm going to. When the time comes for, for Vincent Mann to not be the one running the big show, I, I, that, if, if that's what it's going to look like, I'd much rather my wrestling look like that than look like what it looks like now. I don't think it will. No? no okay, let's have this debate now. Trip, when, when Trips gets... The control. Do you not? Because the thing is, NXT. They will not change their weekly formula, their main programming. Don't think so. No. They will. They've got free license to. They came to niche markets on the on the network. That is. That's what it's for. They don't. That's why they don't give a shit. They don't. But but the thing is, I think it's like they're starting to put that on the main shows anyway. Now it feels like. How so? Just because yeah, they fucking you know the way that okay you got like. They, they, it seems like they came to the you deserve it crowd and to the pay-per-views and stuff like that it's like oh, it's, I don't know it's just like the faces are heels the heels are faces they don't really give a shit they have Charlotte fucking making a baby face come back and beating Sasha Banks you know so it's like it's, it's all over the fucking place it's just like I don't know it's, like they, it's almost like it doesn't they're not trying to appeal to the the masses with the way they book Roman Reigns he's but like a fucking idiot okay yeah so you might, you might get more, a bit more consistency 
Um, but I just think the overarching, if, if they've still got two shows a week, that their, their weekly formula will not change because it's so much. That's, you got, what's that, five hours? Yeah. Of first run mainstream television wrestling from one company. That's a fucking shit ton of hours to cover. And that's what they. It's a self, self fulfilling prophecy, if I can speak of chewing gum, that you go around in circles and pack by numbers because yeah. it's so hard to be original. And even if you are original, it'll be drowned out by everything else because there's so much. And everyone is in the similar kind of storylines going around 50 50. That won't change. It's, you don't think? I don't think that'll change. I think it's ingrained in so much. I, I'm, roll uh, with it. I'm hoping that it will break when, when, when. I mean, that's the thing to me that needs to break because, again, one of the things not to keep hyping on the Monday Night War timelines that we do, but the one thing that sticks out when you watch wrestling from that period of time, particularly when things are moving so fast, is that shit's happening that actually matters and you know the, the directions of, of different characters and people and the evolution of their journeys and stuff like that it's like there is nothing like that now and that's what needs to break and like part of it is like you say the, the, the constant churn of everybody winning losing and going all over the place and that needs to break and it, fe- it felt anytime you know it doesn't feel that way in NXT which Trips is quite hands on with it didn't feel that way in the Cruiser it's Classic hour, it's one hour, hour show don't it? I know it is I, that's, that's the point I was going to make when you were talking a second ago is it's, it's, it's comparing an apple to an orange I'll grant you but at the same time it's like it doesn't have to be the way it is now. But you say 98, but that was WWF. That was 90 minutes a week. Two hour show. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, 90 minute show. So that's much more like NXT than anything we've got today. Yeah. yeah. Fucking. Yeah. Man. I don't know. It's a tricky one, Carl. What do you think? Um, I, would, I, I would like to have your optimism, Liam, but uh, I, I get the sense, even, even if Triple H is, is more inclined to do things that way initially. You've still got all the same sort of hangers-on, as I'll call them, involved with the company. Kevin Dunn's still going to be in his ear talking about... I don't, who, no, Dunn's who, gone as soon as Trips gets in. I'm not convinced. I, he I, he I, wants I, him ho- gone. Hopefully I'll be Trip, wrong, but I'm Trips, not convinced. Trips hates him, he I, wants him I, gone. And I would imagine when, when Vince goes, which, let's be honest... They're carrying him out of there in a wooden box, aren't they? At this point. <laughs> no, at, at this point. The guys... Does the it guys, say OVW? The guys... <laughs> The, the guy's such a workaholic. He, you know, he's not going to. Re- Vince isn't going to retire, is he? That's not be daft. He wouldn't know what to do with himself if he did. He how, could run for how, president how, in the current fucking climate. How, how many people do you know in their seventies who lift weights like he does? Except yeah. for except for Bruno. Yeah. Um, and I think when when Vince goes, Stephanie will come back into focus again in terms of the day to day running of the, of, the, of, the, of the shows and things and. She, I think she's very much a father's daughter, so I'd, I'd like to be wrong uh, and have your optimism. But in all honesty, I think the best thing I can see is some sort of something muddled in between the two, which isn't going to cater to either audience in the end. Well, the sport car, it's back. I, I just think <gasps> in this <laughs> with okay, five hours first run TV each week. Even if Triple H comes in with a different philosophy on who he wants to push on, consistency of storylines, you've still got to write five hours of first-run TV every single week. And sooner or later, with the emphasis on sooner, you're going to fall into some kind of formulaic formula. <laughs> <laughs> so <I'll> articulate. <laughs> exactly. Articulately, articulately. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, I think it's it's. Um, Watching sort of from from a distance, but keeping on it, it's, it's been interesting to see how NXT seemed like it was going to be this massive, quite a big game changer at first. But 
only until we saw that there's a pattern the same as everything else in the business you know guy comes in guy seems you know oh my god this is world changer guy gets called up or guys get called up um and we then see you know how it then gets sort of like churned out now the probably the, the best example of that is someone who breathes right past it which is aj who actually which, but to me i don't again i don't really don't want to your point aj to me demonstrates how completely fucking useless nxt is yeah yeah a guy who just fucking tap dances way to the top spot yeah. By being yeah. better than everybody else and yeah. coming in better than everybody else. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's, I guess it's that argument of like, Joe is good for NXT, but is NXT any good for Joe? Like, is it helping him? You know, is it doing yeah. anything that he shouldn't have just debuted anyway and, and been doing what he's doing on the mid? And like you say, probably a uh, uh, hundred rather than what what would say about eighty percent at the moment, mm-hmm. where you know it, it's all go, but not to the point where he's putting any risk on himself and things like that so anyway with that said we are unfortunately out of time this week uh, we've had a blast here on the Christmas show so thank you very much for all of your uh, contributions your feedback your year end awards uh, had a lot of fun talking about uh, a lot of uh, random vague topics here in wrestling recounting some memories from our own uh, personal experiences with uh, such superstars as Marty Jannetty and Les Thatcher Whee! so uh, <laughs> thank you for your involvement <laughs> so uh, and also on a final note thank you very much for all the support at the end of uh, this year we are up again I believe nominated for the podcast of the year on the UK fan forum did we win last time we won last time right. I don't know if we're going to do it again this time there's some stiff competition yeah, yeah. there's a stiff competition Austin's on his Ted Fowler kick I think we've got it in the bag <laughs> <laughs> well with that said I do want to thank everybody because and I mentioned this on the on the Facebook page uh, a few weeks ago how we broke the 200,000 barrier for uh, total plays and total downloads uh, stream plays and downloads on Podbean so thank you very much for uh, all of the uh, support and, uh, and obviously hopefully that continues in the future the review that was mentioned a couple of times is coming back don't fear not uh, we're thinking Spring Stampede 2000 next was what uh, we were kind of debating around the table the show the, the, the pay-per-view following the restart show that we did on our first episode of the review uh, a uh, review of Vince Russo written wrestling television so that's going to be a lot of fun and again don't forget folks in the new year the Death of TNA show is coming hold on for that so we've got a lot more coming in the new year and we can't wait to get to it so a final Merry Christmas a final Happy New Year for Luke Edwards be sure to tune into World of Sport where you'll see Holt and Edwards versus Holly and Shane. For Old Man Jones. As D Ream sang back in the day, when it comes to 2017, things can only get better. For Kieran O'Rourke. No, it can always get worse, Carl. <laughs> always. And for Matt Holt. I'd just like to apologise to G. John Chase for, for setting his expectations too high earlier. There is no way, there is no way we would trust him with a speaking part or even a plastic baby. Good evening, Merry Christmas, one and all. <laughs> oh, we're now dropping the phone in the bath. Yeah. <laughs> I am Liam O'Rourke and we are out of here. Talk to you next year.